<laughs> What's going on, guys? Cali Death Podcast coming in hot Sunday noon Pacific Pacifica, Pacific Standard Time. What's going on, everybody? Um, yeah, we are here again. You know, we if you didn't get enough of us last week or this earlier this week, we're back again to give you more. And uh it's episode two, not episode seventy-five. Episode two. I almost said seventy-five, dude. <laughs> But yeah, album reviews, dude. This is a different style podcast. We've been, uh, we've already done one. Casey took it and ran with it. Did a great job with it. It was fucking fun as shit. We wanted to do more, and uh, so here we are today. We today, my resident homies are Casey and David Siskin. What up, David? How are you, brother? Back on for the third time. What up, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, dude. Thank I you. No problem, dude. I, I love this, dude. And, and actually, we'll get into the reason. There's more than one reason why you're on with us today. But yeah, we're here with the Ophidian guys, uh, Daniel, Ragnar, and John. What's going on, guys? What's up? Yeah, dude. Good we're to be back. Multi-country uh, style podcast. We got Ragnar. Are you, Daniel, are you in Iceland too? I can't hear you, Daniel. And Reykjavik as well. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Got you now. Okay. All right. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Reykjavik. Uh, Raki is in Mosulspire, like uh, maybe a 20 minute drive from oh, where I am. So, yeah. Sick. Nice, dude. This yeah, this is seven, sick. Seven o'clock at night for you guys. Eight o'clock. What's the time for you guys? Yeah. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you guys, nice. Comfortable yeah. time for both of us. Thanks Absolutely. for having us on, man. It's, it's freaking awesome. It's also just nice to be able to hang out with metalheads and talk about music. You know, it's been so isolated, especially here. I mean, it's been like that everywhere, I guess. But yeah. you know, we never even go to shows or meet anyone who listens to metal anymore. Not really even my bandmates, because we all just like work a lot through the yeah. internet, I guess. So fuck no, it, I hear you, just dude. hang out. Yeah, it's thank hard you, to have thank a, you so much. Um... It's hard to have a chunk of time that to give to just straight listening to music now. You know, there's so many other things like being a family man. I got, you know, there's no way yeah, I could actually yeah. sit down and while they're awake, sit down and pay attention to an album like we all used to, you know. But this one, Desolate, Ophidian I, dude, this is one where I made sure once I heard it, like I'm going to give this album its time. And I've done that several times now. And we're here to discuss it because it's something that is actually very special, dude. It's a it's a really, really, really beastly, beastly piece of art, dude. And um, mad respect for creating it. Mad respect for all the songwriting that's involved. I mean, the, everything's just really just maxed out, but in the best way, you know. Like I usually am not into the fast bands, you know, the really, really fast stuff. But dude, this this music at this speed it's just the precision and and the 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 deep deep like richness to everything that's happening in the album like this is more than i'm more than happy to make this a whole episode you know and i <laughs> well, want everybody you. i want everybody who hasn't i mean you guys came on before so hopefully you know a lot of cali death guys did go and check out desolate after the first episode but Please, if you have not listened to this yet, you're doing yourself a disservice. It it really needs to be, it needs to be in your eardrums, and you need to realize what the fuck is going on in Iceland, dude. That's right. Oh man, thanks so much for all that, and I totally understand what you're saying. And it's changed so much, like how I consume music, and I guess all of us in this like attention deficit 
phone era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the only time I listen to a whole album front to back is maybe at work, but then I'm doing something else and I'm not really focused on what I'm listening to. But yeah. we all remember, yeah. you know, when we used to just like, there wasn't all this, um, there wasn't all this noise, you know, grabbing your attention from, I guess, all this social media and stuff and just, just being an adult when you could just like sit in your bedroom and listen to a whole album. That hasn't happened to me for many, many years. And probably, yeah, dude. And, yeah. and I love it. You, I mean, I love being able to do that. And back in the day, it was just so much easier. And yeah. I also feel like, you know, like with me, I have to keep an ear open at work because I work, I'm a mechanic. So there's, there's noises, there's things that can happen. I got to keep my attention at work, at least partially at my job, on my job. So it's like mostly podcasts is what I, what I can do while I'm working. Cause I, I just have one headphone in, you know, I don't, I don't like to listen to an album That's right, yeah. with just one side just one because side, yeah. it's your one I, guitar. You're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so. a beat on mono. So you just hear everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But exactly. you know, it's like, you, it's cool to listen to albums that way too. Cause then you, you get the differences from what's panned to what side and all that kind of stuff. But when you're at work and you got to pay attention, like, so music is just kind of like a background thing for me. Podcasts are much easier to listen to, but yeah getting away from everybody getting desolate and <laughs> isolating yourself in a room with music it's it's the fucking shit dude i think yeah, i'm I just speaking it. in circles right now but <laughs> <laughs> i have to drive i have to drive a lot for work so that's i get my my listening in like under the wheel but still i think also just like meditation is needed because you know yeah. Your mind is always racing. You're thinking about the next project at work or whatever, some shit at home. But you know, when we were like 16 or 17, you were just it was so easy to just switch off everything and just play a video game or listen to an album or, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also just like it has to be an ex- exercise in mindfulness if you're gonna really get that experience again. Totally, I I have the same deal where I I have a long commute for work and that's basically the only time I have to consume. You know, I need to. It sucks because you get in the car and it's like, oh, do I, I have new episodes of a podcast? Or like, do mm-hmm. I want to listen to this new album? And it's, I have 45 minutes to divvy up among all this different stuff. And then as soon as you get home, it's like, you got your kids right there, you got dogs fucking barking at the door and all this shit. So it's, uh, yeah, carving out the time for it, although super important, is ever increasingly difficult to achieve. Wow. But uh, we really appreciate and respect everyone who's given our album the you know, their attention. It's, it's definitely far exceeded our expectations and we're super, super happy about it. Well, it just came out of fucking nowhere. Well, for me, I mean, it's like getting, getting prepared for your guys's last episode that you were on was my first time listening to the band. And, and obviously we've talked about it many times for something new. You're not going to, it's not going to fully click necessarily when you listen to it. And especially when you're like trying to cram for a show, it's like, oh this is so great but i need to like really step back from it and and fully get it because i didn't get it i mean i got it but i'm saying like it wasn't fully like marinated i didn't mm-hmm. marinate in it enough before the last show but now i've had enough with it to where i'm like dude there's so many aspects of this album that just call out to me dude it's like there's there's the yeah. super melodic like power metal influences but played through like this tech death filter at a super massive speed and again with the precision and and there's just so much going on dude and yes 
Yes. We got to get into this more. I uh, <laughs> Super dense for sure. I'd like to add to, you know, like when you listen to an album a lot and you get like a picture in your head of how an album kind of sounds to you, you know, and you're like, okay, yeah. And I, 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 when I think of that album, I think of it, you know, like how the songs sound and everything. And, uh, and I was thinking that way. Then I was re-listening to it, like, especially yesterday and like earlier than David and I were listening to it at, at his place last night also and his stereo, which sounds even better than mine. But uh, even sounds sick on my stereo too. And like, and I was like, listening just and i was just like like storm of glow comes on or something like that and i'm just like it's even gnarlier than i remembered you know <laughs> like, only heard it hundreds of times now. <laughs> how do you do that it's like, it's like you guys it's like while, while i was away you guys added more stuff <laughs> <laughs> while you were sleeping dude they came in and redid it it's one of those albums you can't really multitask while you're listening to it because there's so much going on to like fully like endure it you really have to focus i mean and then if the the good thing about that is every time you listen to it you're going to hear something else which is awesome and mm -hmm. that's like one of the coolest things about death metal albums especially technical death metal albums like it's always it's always kind of new and that's like how yeah. i can gauge the quality of technical death metal albums these days to be honest mm -hmm. like if i can keep listening to it and it's not getting old um that's crazy and yeah, Affidia and I, Desolate, I feel like it's fresh every single time. So that's what's big, up. Dude. Big respects. Like, seriously. That's <laughs> awesome. awesome. Yeah. Really yeah, replay like, value is super important. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah and just to sure. add, you know, um, <clears throat> kind of from the last episode, but like, uh, so I was kind of mentioning this in the pre pod, but like, you know, we have our friend Josh and, and then David. I always talk about David because he played in Odious Mortem. I mean, we started back in 2000, so I've been playing with him over 20 years, you know. So we grew up together and we were living in Santa Cruz when I was playing in Decrepit all those years and stuff. So they, they worked at a record shop. And so they were always finding like the bands that we didn't know about and, and bringing them to the, the apartment and being like, dude, check this out. And we're like, what's Anata? What this is insane or whatever band, you know. And uh, And so when Josh started hitting me up, he lives in Texas now. I just talked to him here and there, and he's like, "You gotta listen to this band, Ophidi and I." Like this album, and he kept sending it to me, and I can tell he was serious because he just kept asking me, "Did you listen to it yet? Did you listen to it?" You know, I was like, uh, "No." I, I, I like made myself listen. I was just like, the first time I remember just being like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> okay, like I'm gonna have to get into this. Like, I was like almost too much at first. I was like, "Okay, I need to like listen to this when I have more time." Like, I was like busy, you know, and then uh, I kept listening to it and loving it. Then David. You, you got super into it and then because you're like you know hearing from josh too so you you were like telling me the same thing like dude it's the best album like i've heard in years like all this you know so we still listen to it <laughs> like like we, we were hanging out with john you know uh, about a month ago at david's birthday and we were still blasting it and and you showed us some of the little bit of the new kind of yeah i played secret, them the secret the demos yeah yeah awesome. was, so we were just like yeah so we were just like man dude just we're still like excited about it like as if it just came out like i don't know so that's a good that's like how do you maintain that kind of like you know excitement it's exactly album. what you want dude that's exactly yeah. what you want in an artist if you want it to still get, bear fruit for the listener as many times as they want to play it you know i think it's for me it's just so surreal and i know uh Danis talked about it when he was a guest in your podcast the other day and yeah. it's the same for us like how it all goes in circles because you're describing uh to us how it was like discovering ophiri and i and you know we went through the same exact shit with uh audius morton back in the days i remember i, I was oh, in a thanks. band 
<laughs> with uh, Unnar, who who used to be a guitar player in Ophelia and I before I joined, and we were always, yeah. you know, bouncing. Like like I've heard you guys talk about before, also like what is the next most sickest shit that I can listen to? And you know, you you get into Nile and you get into, of course, Necrophagist, and then like, God, right. bro, you you really like this fast drumming and shit. You gotta check out Audio Smartem. And we used to listen to uh, Cryptic Implosion a lot, like really much. And then I haven't talked to Unnar really for a few years because he, he became Thanks. a father and but the last time i talked to him talked to him is when synesthesia came out and we both just we saw the announcement and we both tested <laughs> each other pretty much at the same time like bro did you see and yeah oh, and now you're saying yeah it just goes in circles so it's, yeah it's really really funny but you know it's such a small scene when yeah. you when you really think about it so yeah mm -hmm. it, it's just uh <laughs> we're all just a bunch of like-minded people no matter where we come from i guess exactly and, dude. and it's totally. like chasing out chasing a high we're always trying to find that yeah. sickest you know fastest craziest or whatever that that feeling of like pure power or whatever you know when that riff kicks in that one riff that makes you just like oh there it is you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah funny it totally man. is dude and and you know with the music with you guys it there's there's you could tell that there's the california death metal influence even though there's so much icelandic influence in there too if you really sit and actually sit in some of those riffs you're like oh dude this is definitely more rooted in icelandic sounding stuff but it's again played through this prism this filter of technical death metal I, I love to tell people, I love to tell people, like, take the distortion off of the guitars and slow them down. Like, you're going to hear something that is actually very pleasurable to mm -hmm. the mass, the masses, you know, it's the very, it could be like a classical sounding thing, but yeah, we, totally. turn, we turn it up to fucking 11, hit it with distortion and we're like, what's up? This is death metal, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Simon, uh, a few years ago, uh, Simon came to visit me uh, when my wife and I got married. And I, we have a guitar just in the house. I don't play, but like I keep it around for the w one time a year that I decide that I want to try to learn how to play. And he grabs it off the wall and starts noodling on it. And he's playing like this beautiful melodic section. And and he's like, guess what that was? And I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't listen to like, it's like beautiful. I can tell that, but I don't like, that's not in my wheelhouse. And he's like, that's the new Ophidian I song. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and he just like slowed it down and was playing one of the, you know melodic sections uh yeah. clean and it sounded fucking gorgeous and i was like whoa uh and then you know some years later i ended up joining the band and i guess maybe that was the foreshadowing totally yeah well it's like the music like when beauty meets brutality kind of thing you know but mm -hmm. it's like uh i think you know we talk about necrophagist or spawn and stuff and bands that you know re really brought that forth like kind of at, in that time that was like a really big you know they get mentioned so much because they were super brutal and really tight and just fast and just to the max but also just really melodic beautiful solos and like rat and in different ways obviously your solos are totally unique to how they sound you know um and that's what i love and we talked about that on the last podcast too with you know daniel and just like you know um you said that you actually went and rewrote a lot of these solos after like you'd you'd written some like i'm trying i'm trying to remember but i think you'd said that yeah well what yeah was that was you... that was that was basically the case like uh on, like much of the material and and basically all of the solos were rewritten when i when i was like recording them uh 
mainly that was because just you know tastes had changed in the meantime and also like a more conscious sort of approach to the album because you know listening to what we had recorded and what what it was you know and getting like a vision for how it was gonna come out in the end sort of made made you think you know how how do i want this to be perceived like what is what is what is the uh like what what do i want this to sound like so uh as for like the solos because that's of course just a very like expressive element within any music i guess but like yeah. probably especially within like the death metal sounds because it's always a pretty integral factor mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's but it's still oftentimes like very similar like it's it's very often just the same harmonic minor scales and leads and same sweeps etc and like you know we we do those as well but like I really wanted to do like something different because, you know, uh, I felt the material was like moving in a slightly different direction from from what I was like used to listening to in the tech death realm. But, um, you know, so I wanted to like try something else. And uh, at the time I was listening to like a lot of uh, like pop singers, like female pop singers, like uh, my dream would probably be to be a female pop singer, if not a guitar player. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and like, uh, I was uh, like really into this uh, Norwegian singer called the Secret. I'm not sure if you know it. Mm -hmm. It's she's like a pop singer, like a really good one. Who and is uh, uh, Secret is her name. She's Secret. from Norway. Yeah. I haven't heard. And uh, uh, she released this song uh, called Strangers, which was very popular but it shares like a lot of similarities with diamonds, like in terms of the chords and the, and the melody it's, it's, uh, you would probably just hear it. It's more of like a flavor rather than like, yeah, that section is like, like this, that section or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. So like a lot of the uh, ideas as to how these singers approach their melodies and also just rhythmically because like rhythmically pop singers often do some weird stuff. I actually like scrapped all of the solos I had done for Diamonds and just took note of what she was doing and like, yeah, maybe I'll just try like this, uh, like this rhythmical harmonized thing rather than like a super shreddy section. So that's basically what I did. So it's it's a fairly unusual approach, I would suppose, you know, to this sort of music. But I, I was really happy with it. It was like, it was a, a release in a way because it made it so that like, uh, I could have all of these different influences, which didn't really share any similarities to the music that I was doing, but all of a sudden it sort of like came together where like, yeah, I can use all of it. Yeah. So it was also was a, a strange experience for the rest of us in the band, because when, uh, when we recorded the drums, which I think was in 2016, we had been practicing, practicing the songs extremely much. I don't remember. Maybe you remember better than me, Daniel, how many times we, we practiced a week, but it was a lot. It was like but, minimal, like three times a week, like wow. minimal. Yeah. For, for hours every time. And, and so these uh, song structures were completely glued into your brain. Mm -hmm. And then, like uh, Daniel talked about in the last time he was on with you guys, is that he got, got sick and everything got delayed because of that. So when mm -hmm. he finally went and finished the recording of the guitars and we heard it, it was a different song than when when we started you know because uh there were so many new added layers on top and maybe this one lead or this one harmony that i used to be 
following when I was drumming is now either replaced to something else or completely like buried in between this other uh, new newer element. But however, we could all immediately hear like that. Yeah, Daniel had pretty much single-handedly just elevated the whole uh, composition to a yet another level. And we were still pretty proud of what we had created when we started recording it, but it, it turned out to be yeah something, well, yeah, somewhat different, like in a pretty big way, actually. So I had yeah. to, uh, like when I'm playing along with the stems, I, I sometimes practice with, you know, I have the stems of the songs without the drums. And um, at, the, at first it was, yeah, I had to, re yeah re figure out where i was in the song for you know because this solo had completely changed and i used to do the accents mm -hmm. along with some special notes in the solo or something yeah so interesting yeah well, it's super interesting to hear the <clears throat> influence from vocalists and such um mm -hmm. and you can kind of it kind of makes more sense now hearing that because like the melodic and harmonic progressions you can totally hear that some of those style progressions and uh, more vocalists and less in metal, of course. So you really kind of nailed that and took a new element and brought it in um, and exploded our brains. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Continually exploding the brains. And yeah. just, but I, it totally makes sense with, with all that that you guys just said. Like, there are some really, really catchy parts that I think catch me on a, yeah, like a poppy level. It's really weird to say it's like on a pop level, but it's, it's not at all at the same mm -hmm. time you know mm -hmm. there's there's it's 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 like hidden within it's like buried deep yeah, it's like into a, it like a trojan horse almost <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what i think totally. of i i think of like you know these gods battling in the sky like you know like and it's all like mm -hmm. like when <clears throat> i don't know like uh that like like that sound when, when, you, when you say the, the icelandic sound or whatever where it's like you're thinking of yeah. music from iceland like in different melodies and that kind of stuff and those or we say that like, kind of sounds swedish or that sounds like you know this or like that it's like <laughs> it's usually something really melodic and it's a really good meaning when we, when we at least coming from california when we say a music is like, like a from somewhere up like in the north like in you know iceland or sweet it's usually like we're complimenting it heavily because we're like super yeah, influenced yeah. by it yeah. um but to us it's like that like um like it's almost like kind of like a little like we talked about some of that like like that that euro vision like that not, not that mm -hmm. it sounds like the mm -hmm. but but you know how there's like like in european rock or or different styles of music there's all kinds of different like 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 you know like in pop or, or rock but like melodic progressions or, or just me like melodies just mm -hmm. the way that you do melodies and it sounds different than the way that like all the bands in the united states do it or all the bands yeah. in germany do it or whatever it's just it's it sounds to, and it, to our ear it's like a completely unique like we're like yeah. oh wow that's and so it's so fresh i think that's mm -hmm. what's mm -hmm. so cool about it so the fact that you did that and made that change really i think adds a lot to the you know um the, sure you know, yeah the, yeah yeah, to the overall sound. Yeah. 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 Just the overall, totally. like, you know, grasp of the, how it grabs you, the album. I'm trying to look for mm -hmm. the word, but you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. 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 And that was, that was like our huge deal to like, to like effectively do that. Like it was, it was a pretty like conscious effort to, to try and take this sort of music to that point where it's like, yeah. like we, got nominated for the Icelandic Music Awards like last week. I saw you know, that's, that's like the first metal album that's that's like nominated oh really so, yeah, that, so that's that's pretty cool that's but, but like sense, dude. yeah and i've talked to so many people and i'm like yeah like that's 
that's actually really cool you know <laughs> and i, I i'm yeah. pretty sure that that's mainly due to like two factors like it's super fast so like that's a pretty like undeniable thing you listen to it and it's like damn that's fast mm -hmm. and the yeah. second thing is is the melodies because the melodies sort of yeah. seep into everyone mm -hmm. and yeah so i've heard from like like people i would never suspect to like when we're just always listening to it in the gym and like really <laughs> okay yeah that's awesome that's awesome yeah I think uh, like I a think lot of those. Uh, oh. Yeah, you go first. You go first. I was just going to say like back to the melodies. Like I think one of the distinctions with those style of melodies is like, and kind of different from a lot of other folks is like, they keep like ascending. Like they don't like mm. descend as much. They just keep going up. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think that is yeah. also kind of like how people kind of, some people like, I mean, at first I kind of identified that like your sound more in the vein of like power metal or like, like Arsis, but like mm -hmm. a million times more brutal or something. But I heard from your last episode um, with Cali death that um, that wasn't really a huge influence. You're not like into power metal really necessarily. No, no, not, not at, not at all actually, but yeah. like uh, I'm pretty open to like most, most styles, basically anything, but uh, I can't say that I listen to any power metal band, for example. So. I don't think anyone of us have ever done. Maybe Simon, when he was a teenager, used to listen yeah. to. Sorry, Simon. I know he's probably listening. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think it's it's also pretty funny that you mentioned Eurovision before, and you're talking about the the music continually uh, elevating because that's like a typical Eurovision element to you know mm -hmm. in the middle of the song they elevate to another. Uh, mm, okay. Another key, yeah. yeah, another key and. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah. probably like very 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 subconsciously like eurovision probably influences everyone in this country a, a little bit when they're creating something <laughs> you know yeah. even even if we used to be like especially when i was a teenager i was like a black metal kid and like only darkness and you know never laughing yeah. or anything but still you would go to a eurovision party you know those used to be the most <laughs> yeah and yeah and the event was on tv we would all fucking meet up and uh, so, yeah like watch it intensely and and all the glamour and all the show, you know. Yeah, yeah and uh, and also rules. like it's it's almost like a political event where like wow. like you're you're oh. debating like the like the uh, French song opposed to the uh, the <laughs> British one or anything or something like it's it's uh, a yeah. so it's like it's a matter like a very, of it's pride. also like a pretty serious thing, you know. It's obviously yeah. entertainment, yeah. but it but it's like if if you're gonna be entertained by it, you have to put on your Eurovision shoes and do it like properly. And like, <laughs> you have to be able to debate it and like, no, that song doesn't have a strong enough hook or, or you know, <laughs> the singer just isn't cutting it, you know? Also, yeah, visually, yeah. those performances are insane. You know, they put like so much into the production, like all the artists and stuff. It's yeah, cool. yeah, it's crazy. Like even the, even the, just the, uh, uh, like the uh, pre-finals or whatever you would call them here in Iceland is uh -huh. like a huge event. And like it's three weekends, you know. So it's you know. Did you guys watch the Will Ferrell movie yet? I I know it's like yeah yeah. Did you think it was funny or did you like ah? It, it's not a good food, a good movie, you know. Yeah. It's, it's oh, like a, but but like you know the, the Icelandic jokes, I, I don't mind. Like uh, I grew up in Akureyri, which is fairly close to Husavik, and Husavik sucks. Oh, so it's so it doesn't bother me at all. But it's a beautiful town, though. But it's like a, it's it's like a minor rivalry between Aikura and Husavik. <laughs> so, uh, Husavik is actually pretty great. I, I can say it because I'm not from Aikura, but yeah, it was just <laughs> I thought the movie was pretty sweet, just because of the 
yeah, I like when they make fun of Icelanders because we all think we're the greatest sometimes. We need to sometimes be. Yeah, totally, totally. Super necessary. I like some of the songs, like the first one, Volcano Man. It was cracking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's also so, so weird to, uh, like, when I was watching it and I started to, like, be aware that I was, like, so, had been so, like, brainwashed by the Eurovision, huh. just the format of the competition, where, like, like when they were like just going out on stage and performing another song and stuff like that, it's like it could never happen in Eurovision. Like <laughs> they would just, uh, <laughs> <run around. laughs> well, that movie got it really popular in the U.S. and now the U.S. Yeah. created some like biting Eurovision thing. They're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, really? I've been watching yeah. it. I've been watching. Yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Like Snoop Dogg who is the whole. Yeah. 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 What's it called? What the fuck? Which is America's top song or something? Yeah. Yeah, top yeah, song. Like do they yeah, even, America song? How many American top American fucking things do we have, dude? <laughs> Apparently not enough. America's <laughs> top chef. America's top this. Well, like, it's yeah, all, everyone has to be the best. You gotta it. take it to the top, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which is exactly what Ophidi and I did with this fucking album we're talking about today. There you go. Exactly. Back around, Anthony. Boom. <laughs> I think we can are we gonna we listen to some of it? Oh, yeah, yeah. sidetracking it because you guys are, are complimenting complimenting it very hard and we're all just uh let's let's talk about something <laughs> else we <laughs> feel the wanna... same way like when you started talking about cryptic i i just like shut down you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just fucking surreal i can't believe we're all sitting here and talking about it like we're not just like yeah it, it just feels like the whole especially when you get so niche like technical death metal you can't get it more like focused on that it's it's just like a big group of friends even if you have we haven't met before as soon yeah. as you meet someone who is into that you have common ground like a huge yeah. common ground yeah, it. dude. it's like our whole lives so you don't yeah we, we've said it before on the totally. podcast where it's like it, it it knocks out like two or three steps of social uh interaction for us mm -hmm. like right off the bat like all the the bs in the beginning is just sliced right off we just start at a new spot which is the common ground of extreme metal playing it understanding what it is to be in a band that plays it uh knowing that we all have a common love for it it's like it's it's it, no matter where we are on the planet dude we're we're hooked up like bros you know mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so, man. And also, like, if the if the roles were reversed, because we all just were trying to push the boundaries of what we knew was possible at the time, mm -hmm. and you think we maybe pushed it very far, you know, compared to some '90s stuff or whatever. But if you were our age, you would probably be at the same, uh, yeah, doing the same, coming, yeah, going in the same direction. And now maybe Artspire and us have proved something, and uh, who knows what the current 15 year old thinks this that's what i was gonna say dude yeah. that current 15 year old is fucking gonna be scary dude like right <laughs> now like the one who finally says i'm, I'm uh, you know jumping into the game and and moving it forward like you know ophidi and i and all these other bands were mentioning like what is it, it's scary it actually makes me nervous like what is <laughs> i mean i wouldn't count yourselves out of that race i've heard the new odious stuff and it's pretty fucking sick so nice dude um, yeah just... we definitely uh with we wanted to go back to like that speed and aggression of like cryptic you know with mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff i definitely think Slaps. that we're on par at least with the cryptic speed 
what actually casey what are what are the uh no it's not that fast <laughs> but yeah it's not but it's fast it's faster than synesthesia but it's not as fast as well some parts but cryptic's fact cryptic kind of is weird. fast Wacky. on accident cryptic yeah is it was like on i was recorded way even faster than we were playing those songs i know exactly and we were yeah, playing I just, those songs fast yeah like i was okay. i don't know if i was like nervous or excited but i just went in the studio and just was like ah! <laughs> like i don't know what happened dude <laughs> i think to i was me, like I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sorry. I, I just think it's interesting to see how like certain things get like kind of unlocked a generation by generation. Because I remember, at least from our perspective here in Iceland, we we have a pretty limited view of the whole scene because we can't really go to many shows or talk to people. So it was always just like, for example, in the drum department, it was John Longstrath had this double stroke thing down, yeah. and we all, all thought like that is humanly impossible. He's just a freak. And then that guy from Flashcard Apocalypse did it too. And yeah. then everybody was like, like uh -oh. "Oh, you're yeah. telling me it is possible!" And yeah. then boom, everyone did it. You know, and right. just in the yeah. last eight years or something. So I must and say, now like the outspire guy is like rapping like Eminem while also growling. So <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you do the fast, the you know doubles, and you do it really tastefully because you don't mm -hmm. you don't like just flood it the whole time. You know, there's a, so much variation in your drums, and it's really yeah. really cool, well, man. When that double totally. bass hits on a lot of parts on that album, dude, it's just a, it it throws me back, dude. Just like and you're just like yeah. it's like I'm taking off into space, dude. All the G forces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I learned that technique after we recorded the album because I told you guys that we had practiced so fucking much before we recorded the drums. Yeah, yeah. I was in the shape of my life and I had been playing with my other band. It was called Beneath. I know you guys interviewed Cape Sieber. He he yep, sure. replaced me as a session guy after I left. But mm -hmm. yeah, we were also like super focused on speed. And so when we got into the studio, like with intense warm-ups and everything, I we we made this, yeah, made this pretty unreliable single stroke technique work for recordings, wow. but then after you know yeah everything got a little bit on hold with when we were waiting for the guitars and stuff and i could just feel my stamina and endurance and everything go down and i just thought like i'm never going to be able to pull this shit off again unless i i find a new technique or something something more reliable you know and mm -hmm. there's not going to be able to be any like you know studio fixing when we do this shit live or if i if i want to do a stream right. or so I ha I must find another way, and that's when I uh, decided to learn the double strokes. Wow! So single you, strokes. That was how you recorded with single strokes. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> if you go, there are some YouTube videos of Beneath, for example. We 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 did a short tour with uh, some American bands, Dehumanized and Malignancy in 2014. Yeah. Malignancy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then I'm doing single strokes there, and yeah. But it was like not as reliable. There are some shows, like some videos you can hear, I'm pretty much nailing it at 270 or something, but others if I'm mm -hmm. too tired or, you know, drank, drank three beers instead of one before the show, it gets a little sloppy. But now, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's it's almost hilarious because I used to have to warm up so much and now I can just sit down and it's 240 or 50 BPM very easily and just like 10 mm. minutes warm up and you, you gotta, yeah, you're up to the insane speeds. So, right, I'm right. Only, and that's a little bit like it's not very good because it's so fun to do that sometimes I just don't warm up my hands that much because I'm just having so much fun with the doubles. <laughs> and, then I, 
yeah, yeah. I don't have to push as hard as I used to, but yeah, my hands are suffering a little bit because of that. So, I look at real quick. I was just gonna say, I look at that like hitting the the speed bag. Like it's more technique than than. I mean, it is definitely you know power and and punching and all that stuff. But it's really timing and technique that really gets those dudes to do the crazy tricks and and combos and shit on that. And it's it's kind of the same thing with doubles. You gotta be able to time your feet properly to give it the most force. At you know. I mean, this is a dummy trying to explain this because I'm not even a fucking drummer. But I, I, I just like, I think of it like that. Like it's, it, I could see how it's fun because hitting a speed bag when when you know that your 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 technique's right and the speed bag is actually yeah. doing what you want it to do, it's fun. Yeah, it is really fun. It was frustrating as fuck in the beginning because I I was looking at slow motion or like yeah, looking at explanations how to do it and. And I'm trying to get it working on my feet, and my left foot, like always, would never do it. I, it helped yeah. like tremendously when Daniel brought his like iPhone to practice one day and took a high like high definition video off my feet and then played it in slow mo, so I could just see like yeah, my left foot oh. isn't actually doing the motion. I'm just like imagining that it's doing it, so it helped me to go back and rework it on the practice parts, I guess. And then it's kind of like because I'm not I'm not very good at just sitting and practicing with a metronome although we always practice with a metronome when we're playing but i just like play along with songs and try to get it down and then just like one day it's boom you can hear it it's there you know and it's just happened overnight while you slept or something how, That's long, a did it, awesome feeling. how long did it take to like learn um that technique and kind of change your your whole technical approach to drumming it took me, I think it took me 18 months to get the, the doubles where it was very reli reliable, but I was, yeah, in my high 20s, and I think a fucking 16-year-old could do it in two months. Like that obsessed kid who has all the time in the world, I really think they could. Because I was doing it, like, yeah, I travel a lot for work. I sometimes don't play the drums for a couple of weeks. So I think, I really think you could do it really quickly if you had that obsession and, and that time. Was there any, like, particular... YouTube or uh, teachers, like, I don't know, that helped you get there? Like, I don't know. I know, like, Ricardo Merlini is a madman, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was this one guy. I, I His name is something Fitzgerald. But, uh, yeah, I, he's not in any band that I know of or something. So it wasn't one of those. It wasn't okay. John Longstreth himself or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, I think maybe because I've already been playing very fast, maybe that helped a little bit because it's not just practicing your muscles, but also your brain to be able to feel when you're hitting, well, when you're actually alternating and not just like doing simultaneous hits. But apart from that, yeah, it was just like YouTube videos, like you said. And yeah, and also because I said before, we are pretty isolated here in Iceland. And I, I always thought we suffered a little bit because, for example, I've chatted with Gabe Sieper and asked him, like, how did you learn? Double strokes. I really want to learn it, and he's just like, oh, I just want to watch you with some guy who can do it, and then he taught me backstage. The like, fuck, okay. I can do that. You know, so you're There's literally nobody else here. No. That's yeah. doing and yeah. no, and before fucking, you know, tutorials on YouTube. You know, I'm talking maybe ten years ago when you're just trying to learn how to blast faster or something. You were just looking for that snippet of a grainy YouTube video where it actually showed the person's hands or something. There's nobody like 
making a nicely produced video saying like hello welcome to my youtube channel i'm going to teach you how to be really fast you know that just started happening very recently so it's always been like this you're, you're digging for a piece of gold somewhere on the fucking dark depths of the internet and especially when i was like 15 or 16 you know they were just forums there wasn't even really a youtube or anything so now i think they have it pretty sweet they can just go to drum technique academy and every single one of the legendary drummers is on there with like a four hour in-depth explanation and yeah that's what crazy. It, you, it's like somebody comes up with the technique and then once it's perfected by one human that that human just spreads it and then it just mm. those humans spread it and and you know it's like that's why it's it, it's harder to get to the point that you want to be versus it already being there and you know it's possible you know like you don't know that that feeling of is it possible you know that mm -hmm. is not what those kids have when they already see that it is possible does that yeah. make sense you know? yeah i also always thought that everyone was going to be playing extremely mm -hmm. fast as soon as they yeah they knew that it was possible mm -hmm. but i guess like you're not that threatened because it also takes a lot of dedication and you gotta be a little bit of a nerd you know you're not doing any anything else you're not going to you know i don't know social events or whatever you're spending a lot of your free time <laughs> well it's actually what yeah, keeps us out of yeah. the, kept us out of trouble <laughs> for sure you're too busy studying you know I, why did i say us i didn't study shit what am i studying <laughs> <dude>? <laughs> I know you and me, Anthony, we're being vocalists. We're just right. listening to these tireless fucking struggles that our bandmates go through to perfect their craft. <laughs> and we're just a couple of assholes standing around and like, all right. Making really weird noises you over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you guys studied throat singing, you know? Oh, yeah. Actually, I did. That's I actually, did. Yeah. yeah, a couple no, of years I, of I don't, don't, videos. That's not fair to you right now. Yeah. I, you know, take a random dude and ask him to do like a sick growl. That also takes a fucking lot of work up, you know, because I don't know about you, Daniel, but I, I like to, or I used to like to at least like scream along to Nile or something on the way to work. And I had my headphones on. I was like, yeah, I sound just like Dallas. And then I take them off and it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, there's definitely, you know, when you hear a fucking sick vocalist, you can definitely tell yeah this person has really practiced or this person has again listened to themselves again and again and tried to pitch it and change it until it sounds like a fucking monster screaming through a barrel or something yeah, yeah. i mean it there is there is some craft that goes into it but i just think as a sheer uh, like uh, calculation of hours spent i definitely didn't spend 18 months like doing anything consistently in my entire life so knowing that like that's the investment that you made it just into learning double strokes is uh i can't undersell how impressive that is to me and like certainly anyone else who's like has an interest in the genre like it's fucking and i was gonna say i love that you uh i didn't know about the anecdote about with the like the slow-mo recap camera that you use to like kind of analyze your form and i, I think it's funny because ragnar often compares death metal to an extreme sport and that likes to say that we're on the like the Icelandic national team for death metal, and I'm like just bringing in like the 
like that kind of like Good. sportsman like uh, like review tape footage and like damn that's well I keep a camera I keep a camera in my throat actually to watch yeah. the chords <laughs> yeah yeah exactly sure watch vibrating the, like, at the right frequencies and <laughs> well for some sick. reason like the hundred and seventh chord for some reason just doesn't so, wiggle the way I want it to dude. so <laughs> so you know bring up sports for a second and all that I mean like growing up like. You know the world's strongest man was like an important thing you know like watching mm -hmm. those shows and stuff and when i first you know got really into you guys before i'd met any of you online or in person i was like you know like sending it to the group chat and i was like dude this band from iceland they're better than everybody like oh, and, I, and i would like post like pictures of like the world's strongest man like an iceland <laughs> icelandic dude like carrying like a giant thing like dude it's like the, the musical version of that picture you know, <laughs> John looks like he's the fucking guy in the picture right now, dude. He's with that big old beard and those shoulder definition, lift, John. Dude, it's uh, wow. it's all a it's a facade. <laughs> Can't lift shit. Damn, there was this guy in the nineties. He passed away way too young, but he was like the OG Icelandic strongman world champion. His his name was Jón Páll Samuelsson. Mm. He's, he's literally um, a huge inspiration for me. Like, not that I'm a power oh, yeah, lifter. Oh, yeah. Just his outlook, his positivity. It's like, it, you're almost ashamed to say it today, but it's like he was very proud to be Icelandic. You can't say that really anymore, but he was just like, Iceland is the best. And that's why I'm here to like fucking kick some sure, ass. Everybody, you know? what's up? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when you, yeah, miss, yeah, I think well, more people than just me are inspired by him. He was fucking great. So, yeah, totally. And he took like the mundane Icelandic things and made them like into something, something cool and strong. You know, like Icelandic milk, Icelandic fish, fish oil, like stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. That That's all became like super cool. Yeah, like, I have milk. to take fish oil. It's it's super important. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the and fish the, was caught that, off the shores yeah. of Iceland. Mm -hmm. We were taught this in school as well. Like, yeah, Iceland has the strongest man, the most beautiful women. So when you're trying to be fast or something, you're not going to think like, yeah, I'm okay with being the third fastest. That's not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree, dude. I agree. That, and you definitely show it. But are we going to listen to some of this? Shit I was here? just going to ask. So can I put on this video? I think it'd be kind of cool. I like this, uh, the Storm of Glow video. Um, let's do it, dude. Let's see if I can uh, find how to do this here. Right, okay. So I think it's so sick just because of the song and also the video itself and how it shows, like, you know, all the sick scenery of, like, I'm assuming it's Iceland, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just drone shots that our uh, videographer can you guys see that? Time. Is it working? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see what's going on. It's a little choppy. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it chopped up? Uh, it's not good. Huh, yeah. I don't know why it's not working. It wouldn't let me share the sound, so I'll try it again, I guess. I guess if it's going to be that choppy, it probably wasn't going to be good. Bugger. Well, uh, check out everybody. Go check out that video. Here, I'll put the link in the chat. Drop a link in the chat. Um, that's dude. like, I mean, I love all the videos, but that one, dude, that song. How like, is Joel? How is Joel Guernsey sharing so the audio on the last episode? His audio sounded sick. I know he's got a different system. We got to get uh, we gotta upgrade our thing again. Something better. We're getting. We're getting slowly. We're getting there. So when you guys, you said it. There was a long period of time when you started playing the songs for Desolate and um, Ragnar. You said you were like in the best shape of your life, and you like were really on it. And then they changed, but like 
how long was it when you started playing it to when they uh, the album was recorded? Uh, from when we like initially started practicing the skeletons of the songs, and then until we went into the studio, or what are you? Sure, like, um, well, yeah, I guess that, and also like when. How long was it before like the songs were like together for the most part, like multiple songs, and then you guys started playing it and stuff? Well, I I joined in 2014, and that's so, and I think we recorded the drums in 2016. So these are that's two years of like. But I think then Daniel can answer this. I think they've been working on some of the songs since 2010, probably. Wow. No, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, Not so early. No, uh, like uh, when you joined, uh, we had, I think, maybe one or two of the songs put together for the most part. Uh, but then like the rest of the songs sort of happened like all in the span of a year or so i would say like okay. the skeletons of the song and and like the uh uh it was all sort of happen happening simultaneously you know we were even though we were rehearsing like a lot like three plus times a week we were also spending time on on writing like uh, meanwhile so you know it's it, it was mm -hmm. all sort of it was a really busy busy time for Ophidia and i and like none of us had anything else going on back then as well so it was sort of it it was pretty easy to like focus on on this project but um but then of course like because you know we we were sort of simming through the skeletons and making everything like the the first layer i guess you could say just like the rhythm guitars and the uh and the structure of the song uh was was the uh, main focus for the uh for like the uh the songs as we recorded them in 2016 like the drums okay but but then we of course like added other layers you know rewrote the solos etc and and sort of sort of made like another another side of of that uh, coin like happen so was it all recorded at um the same studio it's was it sun sun lawn or what is it how do you say it uh, no like the drums were recorded there okay uh and uh the guitars were recorded at, uh, like half of them were recorded at Ragnar's house, and uh, because Raki has, you know, like the drum kit and everything set up just at his place, so we re rehearsed there just in his living room, and uh, we, yeah, we recorded like half of the guitars there and the other half just at my house. Okay, cool. I'm pretty sure Jupiter was already a song when i joined at least because i think you guys recorded a demo of it with uh, the previous drummer yeah Stephen. but that was but like that was you could say that like the uh half of the idea of that song for example like the rest yeah, of it was the BPMs as we, well i think we upped it like <laughs> three folks it's a totally we met, different we, song yeah. yeah yeah we just met him we we at this um icelandic music awards that we were at this week we just met the previous drummer and also the guy who made that Storm of Glow video that you were talking about, and he he lives in a different part, or he just actually moved to Reykjavik, but he, he lived in Isafjörður, where actually Simon comes from as well, and he he I think he shot some of those drone shots on his way to Reykjavik, where he was going to meet us to to do the actual video. So nice. really really beautiful area that he lived, he comes from. Yeah, so it was nice to meet those guys again, and I was telling him about those. Um, music awards that he should have been nominated for the best video but yeah 
I think that it was it was enough for the academy to just give us one slot because yeah, then you got these pop singers who get like nine awards or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you get? Did you dress up all nice and stuff? Like, did you guys put on a tie and and iron your your iron the shirts? Yeah, you have, you have to do the whole thing totally. totally. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but, so, I mean, we we were still wearing like not leather jackets and stuff, but like. I don't know. You, you, we were, none of us were just wearing like a cannibal corpse T-shirt with. A, <laughs> yeah, no, I like on. I like dressing up, so that's why I'm asking them. Totally, like, totally, hey, yeah. Think- and it, it it's a raging party as well. Like like once it's done, it's like all bets are off. It's because you know, like the people whom are whom are in the uh, genres that are often like the most uptight are the ones that party the hardest. Yeah, at least <laughs> that's, that, that's my experience, and that was this was no exception. It was pretty crazy. That's awesome. Hell yeah. So what's like the connection with the studio that you recorded in to or the to Sigur Rose? Yeah. Um isn't there some some connection there? Uh yeah, like the uh Sintlen is uh it's like a like a commercially available studio. It okay. is. So like you can record there. I, I know that like quite a bit of renowned musicians have come here to record. I remember when we were recording the drums, like a couple of weeks before Devin Townsend was there recording wow uh, i think he was recording though just like demos or just because it's a it's a very nice environment so it's very popular to just like rent it out go there and just work on music you know like not necessarily anything specific or anything to show for it just like uh you know Jam out. exactly yeah something like uh, that but they were but, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it was essentially just the Bicke, uh, the producer of uh, of Sigros, at least for a period of time, whom ran the studio for a while. Uh, I know that now Kjartan from Sigros is is running it. Oh, cool! But uh, uh, yeah, Bicke is has some ties to Raki, so that was sort of how we how we came into touch touch with with those yeah. guys. But the, the the studio was essentially started by Sigros, or at least the Sigros crew, right? And if yeah. you the name Sundlöjen, it literally just means swimming pool because it's an old indoor swimming pool. So the recording chamber is just at the bottom of the empty pool. You get a really nice natural reverb in there, and then the control room is probably where the men's room used to be or something. And they just got a big window with put the uh, yeah. So you're looking down into the pool. It's really really cool. That's yeah. True. yeah, they have like a picture of it on the on the website of Sintlin. At least they always had like an, a really old photo of like people just yeah. dressed in speedos, <clears throat> just like going for a swim. It's, yeah, it's literally it's like five minutes walk from my house where I'm right now, and I live in like a smaller municipality on the outskirts of Reykjavik. So this pool used to be like the, where everyone here in this small town used to just learn how to swim, you know? Because wow. so it's like you, yeah, there are old photos of like black and white photos of people just like. Uh, yeah, t- taking group lessons and swimming in there, and then you record blast beats like 50 years later. It's fucking weird. <laughs> I've also awesome. heard, yeah, it's super cool. I've heard like I've heard a lot of stories as well about uh, about how, when they were like restructuring the building into the studio, that it was like this like rom- romantic idea to buy like a swimming pool in the outskirts and it's like a beautiful location and stuff, but then it was like an absolute nightmare to like transform it into a studio, as you would imagine, you know, like yeah. There's almost no similarities to how you would like structurally build a swimming pool and like a studio. <laughs> like you have to like basically, you know, rework the elect- electrics and and, yeah. and almost everything about it. But it's uh, 
but it's great it's great it's a really beautiful studio and a really nice spot sounds awesome as well yeah the recording's great sounds yeah and like like the drums on the album are all like natural drums like there are no samples or anything it's all just the drums in that room oh wow so no yeah. all no uh, apart from the kick drum okay. everything else yeah. yeah but it was a surprise to me too because i when i first heard the, the first rough mix i was like oh okay nice so he just like completely threw away the drums and put some fucking powerful samples <laughs> but no apparently not he he just you know of course he put some compression on it and stuff but it, it turned out to be super fucking powerful in there so, yeah 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 kudos yeah. to chris donaldson and and steven lockhart who was the recording engineer okay yeah, they they killed it, man. It sounds so good. Yeah. Um, was that like the first death metal album recorded there, or like because I wouldn't imagine there's tons of death metal recorded there, but they seemed to know what they were doing on the engineering side and mixing. Uh, has done it a few times before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I recorded with Beneath there in 2011 oh, okay. or 12, and there's a short like. Um, behind the scenes video on YouTube as well from that. So if you want to see like how it actually looks like and sounds like, and yeah, you can, you can send you the, the link to that. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's not the first fast blast beats that have ever been recorded there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think those have may have been the first though, like back when you recorded Beneath, I, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. 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 And I think the Becky, who's the like in-house engineer, uh, my my father used to work in national radio he was like a technician and i guess something from yeah somehow through that they got connected and that's how this all came about like how we got the idea to go to a very mellow like not metal music uh, studio to record this because i don't think anyone else just simply had the idea to do it because most of the music that had been coming from the studio before was totally different from what we are trying to do but now after yeah i think a few more metal bands have actually recorded in there now awesome I, uh, I i smoke a mad amount of cannabis so i have a memory issue and i just want to remember or i want i want to ask again if i already asked this on the last episode i'm sorry what is the origin of the the name ophidian i <laughs> <laughs> For real, yeah. I want to know like Ophidian. Is it, is it? Yeah, is it... it's it's nothing. It's nothing exciting. It was. Uh, it it came. It came to be before all of us joined, so uh, we weren't there for it. But it was. Um, but it was apparently like uh, when the band were first starting out, they were like just throwing around some ideas for a song title, and. Apparently there was sort of like a miscommunication between Thorder the bass player and Simon. And Simon was under the impression that he just proposed like a a name for the band, Ophidia and I. And so he just like, yeah, okay, that's cool. It's a great name for the band. And he just never corrected it. <laughs> but it was uh I know that like the idea at the time was something like uh, a song about coming like a serpent like figure. Or something like that, and like the the uh, cover of the of the old album right. that, that they did back then is like something along those lines as well. But it was it was nothing like properly in depth, and 
I think the main reason it's stuck is just because it's it looks cool, at least in my opinion, and it and it's it like rolls off the tongue nicely. It does. So it's like a, so is it like a made a, up word? No. Ophidian. Ophidian means snake. Oh, no. Like snake like oh, okay. Funny no. that you should mention like cool. uh, incredible amounts of cannabis because I was a little bit nervous be before this show because I knew we were gonna like try to talk about how we made the album and stuff. And the uh, truth be told, I also don't remember more than maybe ten percent of the whole process. Yeah. For example, when we were in that Sintlane studio, I was. That is funny how like oh we can I, we can work <laughs> like a tour like a tour. I, I everybody's like where'd you guys play? And I'm like uh. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> There's only like three dates that I do kick, uh, that I could call out. The rest of it's just a blur, you know. It was yeah, fun doing true. it, and it's fun to like like think about like doing the tour. But in reality, like the 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 actual information didn't fully. I got to look at uh you know the 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 tour pass to figure out yeah. what days I did and what shows I did. Yeah, I relate to that, man. And then other people tell you stories about yourself. You're like, yeah. you remember when you said that thing to that lady? You're like, no, I don't. Well, it was fucking funny. You know? <laughs> it's, uh, I'm definitely uh, have been in that position many a times. And I'm like, oh, sick, dude. Well, you, I'm glad you had a good time, dude. <laughs> On this note, how is the cannabis in Iceland? I don't know. I haven't smoked for five years. Okay. I, I kind of just like finished my lifetime bats. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think like, yeah, it's pretty good, good yeah. quality, but uh, however, it's so insanely expensive that you should rather get into just like gambling or something. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, what are those like your price? What are the prices? I think like currently it must be 3000 kroner per gram, which must be what like 25. Isn't it more? Yeah. No, they they cut the price a few years ago. It used to be three thousand five hundred. Okay. And so I mean, no, like they're trying to. Uh, they like twenty five dollars. Yeah, uh, um, yeah it, it's 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 high, but it's not like super outrageous, I guess. I is it know. mostly grown there, or is it brought in? Do you know? It's like twenty twenty three bucks for one gram. Yeah, that's pretty much though. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's grown here. Well, we called them twomps because it was twenty dollars a gram back in the day. Twomps. Really? Oh, yeah. Yep. I remember. I know, in, in I Europe, you don't have to pay so much for that. <laughs> well, dude, yeah. are we gonna, Casey? What's up, dude? Are we gonna jam some of this? I want to rock out. I right tried now. the dude. I'm sorry. The the album it won't. It, it's sketchy on the the YouTube. Uh So I don't. So you can't just like play a song it. though. I mean, I can try on YouTube, but that's the only way to without the music video just playing a song or something. I don't. I, that's what you were doing with the Spawn one. I thought that's a little bit. We listened to very little yeah. on the Spawn one, but yeah, because it just ended it. up being like we just yeah, you I guys mean, just chatted about it. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. I mean, I can try to find it again. It just it was kind of glitchy. You said either so. way, yeah. either way, and and we put these out too. The this isn't this is going to be on like iTunes and stuff like that, right? The album. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh it was okay. A full episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, then I, I just want to talk to everybody. Go and get your Ophidian eye fix right now if you have not, dude. There's so many aspects oh, yeah. of this album that if you're down with Cali Death, there's plenty of Cali Death, like, you know, adjacent 
there's some parts that I I I, don't, I always do this like I don't want to um, offend anybody, but I always am like, okay, here's the bands that I hear when I listen to albums. I always I have to just like attribute a riff to a band to make it make sense and there's like decrepit birth sounding shit there's dragon force like dragon force comes up a lot when i listen yep. to ophidian i it gives me it puts me in that same like power metal like we're fucking going into battle we're on a journey right now like we're, we're i got my sword out and i'm fucking ready for to chop some people up dude <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, yeah. because I'm streaming my video through OBS. Maybe I can play this. Uh, oh, songs. yeah, yeah. There you go. Let me, Try let it on me your know end. It. Come out let me hear if you hear this. Let me see. Yeah. Aki is going to be doing some streams as well, like in the future. Yeah, we yeah, need to get the OBS. Yeah, yeah, dude. Twitch is starting. Everybody's starting to say, hey, dude, we're getting the Twitch we're channel. Getting, I'm like, we're getting, man, dude, let's, let's flood this shit. Come on, guys. We're getting better. <laughs> <laughs> we're not there yet. We're 1% better every day, we're getting man. getting better. Yeah. <laughs> that that saying's kind of a weird one because it's like just be one percent better it's like well, what do i do after 100 days <laughs> yeah if i got to be one percent better every day what am i going to do after 100 days well then you're done you peaked you're 101 go back Goes to, to the zero. Zero. <laughs> <up> the hatch, <laughs> right yeah i start over you gotta um, start over yeah yeah dude yeah so far uh joel from ominous ruin he uh he his uh his setup was like the best sounding setup like we, he had like the whole thing perfectly all the audio his guitar everything i kept trying to get him to play guitar I'm like he, he, like it was all perfect sounding but he was doing other stuff but i was like dude but he had extra equipment up. he had extra yeah equipment. like i also saw it, that uh i also saw the uh the episode you did with alluvial that was like oh, yeah. a super sick setup those guys had as well. I was like, yeah, yeah, got the, and, and you can totally. tell that those guys are he's he's oh, super right. into doing Mueller. Twitch. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, Kev yeah. Moore is and, a heavy streamer. You could tell yeah, like he was already already pro at it and shit with his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, want, I, I like whatever whatever board he has, dude. It's something yeah. simple. I've heard other people use it on podcasts. I'm I'd love to incorporate some of that if I could get one of those start doing weird shit to you guys because you guys always fuck with me yeah like like voice alterations and stuff don't like give that. anthony yeah. that power that's a bad idea <laughs> keep the power away from joel's uh, good at not overusing stuff I, I overuse stuff sometimes and then he has to calm me down joel's like stop it but like joel like, like i have to be honest it. i like the guys were showing me the other day when when we were uh, getting the rig for Raki set up which was which is like a process for a drummer you know yeah. big kit a lot of mics stuff yeah and uh they were like showing me because i don't use streams or watch them or anything and they were like showing me yeah and people are doing this and like everybody's using this filter and stuff and i was like i had like a culture shock i was like almost <laughs> like a, there's no hope for humanity <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah awful. but but i i have like people do what they want but it was just like damn that's insane well it's yeah. like you know, it's like when my my dad can't figure out the iPad. You know, it's uh, like that's yeah, like yeah, to, yeah. To, to them, like the new generations are like we're like what's OBS, and they're just like they roll their eyes, like you know. But <laughs> hey, man, gotta learn. I, I'm open. I'm just like if I don't know something, I want to learn it. And yeah, totally, uh, totally, for sure, for sure. Whatever, it just you know? it just felt so uh, so 
how do I put it? It just it just felt so abstract to me to be like yeah. somebody in there is just like is like playing a guitar and somebody is like throwing him money and and it's and like uh, yeah, subscribers dude. as well and it's all happening in real time and everybody has like an inside joke like thousands of people and everybody's <laughs> in on it. It's just it just feels like they, porn. I know, dude. We are. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. <laughs> we're all just cam girls out here. Eventually, yeah, 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 it's going to get even further to where no, we're just totally going to be the old guys. Like, dude, just give me an iPhone. That's all I need. Just give me the iPhone. All the kids are like, no, you can have it wired into your brain right now. Yeah. It's like, no, I just, I just need the phone. Like, I can still beep boop on the screen of this. Yeah. But it's like, no. <laughs> You can use your brain. It's all wired in the neural link. Fucking Elon Musk is in there telling you what to do every day. And <laughs> no, Good no, no, personally, I think we should be further ahead with technology. I mean, I thought we were going to have flying cars and hoverboards by now. This is bullshit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, know. like, 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 like definitely made us... compared to that is, is, is very like, it's not far. It's and like far. monitors, like computer, like. It should all be like, you know, projection, like hologram, like perfect, you know, like should be able to yeah. just touch it, like touch green holograms and stuff. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think that we'll, we'll see simulation. We'll see simulation before we die. We'll see. We'll like actually going into a sim. I think that before Are we, we already in one. Hmm. Ah, yeah. see, John, <laughs> John knows what's up, dude. Yeah. yeah. Just in reality to think how bad of an idea the flying cars would be like I know, really, yeah you know like you run out of oil or gas oh, uh oh just start falling like you know for as shitty as people like, drive in two dimensions whoops. like imagining yeah, exactly. that in three dimensions right? <laughs> God, dude. No way. people flying into your no house way. and stuff and like yeah they got they got a flying car already though it's called i just saw an advertisement it's called, i know i did too yeah really did you see it yeah it's, it's just it's basically it went from a guy who puts together like 40 drones and put like a, a lawn yeah, chair a in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and now, yeah. now if we develop it until like it's like a tube structure with an actual seat and a joystick control. Yeah. He's just chilling with like a drink, like sipping out of his straw flying around. Yeah. Lawn chair. <laughs> But it's like they're they starting... call it a flying car, but once they the wings deploy, it's like this is a plane, guys. It's not a flying car now; it's a plane. It's the same well, yeah. dynamic. Well, I guess if it can, if it, it, it can like, drive on the land and then fly and drive on the land too, then it's kind of like a flying car, right? Kind of. But yeah. imagine if you had to like deal like you're a mechanic and you had to deal with flying cars now, and you're like, oh, dude. Yeah. You're like my 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 uh my. <laughs> idea of flying cars is back to the future dude you could just yeah you could just pl plant the it. wheels go sideways yeah yeah and, and then you, you fly and then and then they come yeah. back down and you get a right. parking spot so you still gotta fucking you still gotta pay for parking with the thing it's like we're in the future now you could fly everywhere but you still gotta pay parking so i'm talking about future stuff they're introducing these vr concerts have you heard about that they were someone was uh -huh. asking on Facebook, like but you guys want to play in a vr venue so you know everybody just tunes in in their own living room with those goggles and just like yeah you can look around and see the avatars of other people and shit yeah and oh, trip yeah it's way more common now too uh, especially after the pandemic like everybody that all got like it, you know it got mm. it, it uh, got quicker you know the the development of that type of stuff well it, dude there's yeah. total you could be whatever you want you could go into a, a vr space and be a banana 
The shit's boring, though, dude. That's yeah, boring. I think, yeah, I totally feel the boomers, are, like, within coming out, because I'm just like, fuck that shit. I would never want to go to a VR show, you know. No, Either I'm going to a show or I'm just doing something else. Part yeah. of being at a show is being there with other people and, yeah. you know, like, getting thrown around, throwing people yeah. around, just yeah. rocking out together, you know? It's like... Smelling all the stink of people. Feeling <laughs> the vibration. Part of it, dude. It's part of it. Yeah. yeah, and like the impact of of bands as well, just like sonically, because there are like loads of bands totally. who are like revered ones and like have been touring for a million years, but you never really translate their energy onto like records. That, but like live, it's just like a whole different deal. Energy is yeah. the energy is the the word of the day for that dude. It's it's yeah. getting the energy of all the humans in the room together. Catching yeah, just like, the energy of the artist, and it, yeah. you know, it's it's just one weird symbiotic situation that nobody totally, can really totally. totally understand and explain it. You know, what if they had just VR the aura, aura of the personality? Because you you have these huge personalities like that. I don't know the guy from Deicide or something. You know, mm -hmm. you can hear his music all day, and then you step inside a room with the the person. I don't know, like probably. I, you know, like I said, I haven't went to many shows because I live in Iceland, but sometimes you, you meet someone and they just have this fucking presence, you know? Yeah. You feel that through we are. No, no way. Sure. Just, like seeing just a Frank a Mullen on stage like that dude is grabbing your attention whether you like it or not. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. you, yeah, can, exactly. you, can, you can actually like resist it, but no, eventually Frank Mullen will totally grab your attention and then you're just locked in, you know? Totally, one human totally. to a whole room <laughs> so, yeah so yeah, I, I remember it. like like maybe maybe like 15 years ago uh cannibal corpse came to iceland and did like a couple shows uh, and at the time there were like rarely ever concerts with uh like bands in the in the metal scene like here in iceland and i remember that they uh, uh at the time i was already like sort of grown a little bit past it like Cannibal Corpse was cool and all, and I was going to the show, and but I was like, "Yeah, I'm going," yeah, you know. Yeah. But, but I'm, but I'm just as excited to see some of the uh, Icelandic bands which were playing. But uh, and it was like a long bill; it was like seven bands or something. And the Icelandic bands were all cool, but then Cannibal came on, and it was just like, it was just a huge impact. Just like the first few chords, it was just like, wow. That's just like just a whole different, different Dude, deal than like I, the bands that are just <laughs> doing this over here. So I, 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 had, I had like mad respect for that. those guys. Literally like two, three weeks ago, I had that same thing, dude. And I've seen Cannibal multiple times, dude. But Cannibal definitely like reminded me what Cannibal yeah. Corpse is, you know, like <laughs> it, as soon as it started, you're like, oh, yes, this is this is the death metal band, you know? Yeah. The yeah, death metal yeah, band. Like yeah. everything that encompasses, you know, in a nutshell, what death metal is, this is the perfect representation of it. And with Eric Rutan on guitar. Yeah, I can just oh, imagine that. Oh, yeah. it was just such yeah. a, it was, it was a spiritual experience for me. And I, I, and again, I could say, Daniel, I'm not like the hugest cannibal fan. I, 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 it may have been like, you know, there in the beginning of me getting into death metal and still sure. I've always respected it and loved it up until a certain point. And then I kind of just like, you know, forgot, I didn't forget, but I just stopped listening to, I think kill was the last cannibal album that I purchased. And, um, but 
when you're there and you're live and you're feeling the energy yeah. of everybody in that room and cannibal is just such a professional act that you know they're gonna come and bring it yeah and yeah. it's crazy yeah. to see like alex is all gray hair now it's like they're we're all still like fucking it doesn't matter how old we are dude like death metal does not die it does not die mm-hmm Mm -hmm. well, and I think also just what we were talking about, like with the presence and stuff, I, you're also, when you haven't seen uh, one of those big bands live or something, and you're maybe hearing about them for the first time years down the road from when they actually started and all the hype started around them. And you might be like, ah, I don't know, I understand why they're so popular because today you have this guy and this guy who's like much more technically proficient and stuff. And, but it's not just about how good they are playing the music. It's also about just their... And I remember uh, when I was on that tour with Beneath and the drummer from Malignancy, uh, his name is Mike Heller, a fucking awesome drummer and really great guy. He plays with Fear Factory too. Mm. Mm. He was talking about, like, I don't understand with Dave Lombardo why everyone loves him so much. I mean, he's not the tightest drummer in the world and stuff. And George from Dehumanos, like, Bro, you don't understand. When Dave Lombardo plays the drums, one hundred thousand people go fucking insane. Yeah. When you, when you play, you're like, I don't really understand. How is he doing that? You know. It's <laughs> Dave Lombardo. Yeah. It's fucking Dave Lombardo, dude. It's, Hell yeah. And it's nostalgia too. It's like like all the sick albums that really got me into metal. All he's he, or I shouldn't say all, but like there's a massive amount of metal albums that Dave Lombardo has played on that came to me in that really like infantile but super hungry stage of my metal you know whatever and and dave lombardo will always that's that's the thing it's like yeah of course there's there's drummers out there that can play dave lombardo's stuff they could play it better they could do crazier shit with testament or slayer or whatever but it's like it, it it's just solidified that Dave Lombardo was Slayer's drummer and we love all the songs that he was playing on and that Testament album, The Gathering, dude. That was like a big, big album for me, dude. And Dave Lombardo was on drums. So it it, all, it, it just like gets ingrained into you like, oh, dude, Dave Lombardo's like the sickest thrash drummer on the planet. And then yeah. it, it'll stay with you throughout the yeah. whole thing, even though like, like you yeah. get infected by the mythology that surrounds these artists. Yeah. And like and you kind of forget about it. But then when you see them live, you're like, oh, fuck, like it gets you, you can't help again. but perceive that like star power that's just emanating from them. And even in, like we're talking about mm -hmm. death metal bands, so it's not like top of the pops or like triple a or anything but yeah they, uh um yeah you you can't help but kind of be brought back into that like nostalgic frame of mind where you you're so amped to be mm -hmm. seeing them do their thing uh regardless of the music almost you're just like kind of basking in the in the situation totally at least that's how i feel about it when dave colross is another example of that too if you get into the more extreme drumming like dave colross has this this like what you said myth mythos that was like has been building up with him throughout everything that he's done very calculated and very uh having all those albums that are so influential that he's played on it's always going to be like dave cole ross is the sickest yeah i mean Mike actually and i've well. witnessed it and i've witnessed it cole ross is like one of those drummers that does not at least in my experience has not missed a beat watching him 
It was like the most perfect Suffo set I ever heard when he played at the Regency Ballroom with hit them and Gorguts. It was just one of these fucking monster nights. Yeah, he's like a tidal wave. Just colored sands had just come out, and you're just like Gorguts. I didn't Suffos. That set. I was there, and I didn't realize he was playing that set. Crazy. Yeah, dude. Cole Ross fucking nuts. was. Yeah, and and uh, uh, Matty Way was there, and we're just like, I remember, uh, he's the he's like perfect right now, perfect. It sounds just like yeah. the album. Yeah, and then it's not not only about the backstory and the mythos, but also just like that aura that some people have. Because how many hundreds or even thousands of drummers have like covered a Slayer song, and it's some of them mm -hmm. might do it like to perfection, and it's still it. It doesn't have that extra, you know. There's something that we can't explain yeah. in in well, language that is missing. It's the person's personality coming yeah. out. Too. So, so you're it's like, just, I'm going to perfectly play a Slayer song like Lombardo, or am I going to perfectly play it like a machine, or like to click, or what's the yeah. what's the goal, you know? Or am I right. trying to copy their style? Like, because he they have this. It's a just put simply put a feel that's theirs, right? Yeah. So Lombardo's guy's feel, you know, that's his, you know. Yeah, there's this uh, guy uh, you probably heard of him who does like YouTube covers drumming his uh, what's his name? Eloy Casagrande. Have you seen those videos with him? I'm not sure. Well, anyway, he just does the same songs that everyone has been doing for the last Except 15 years. Slipknot and whatever. And yeah, just something about how the way he does it is just he gets one million views while someone else doing it just as accurately gets like 300 views. But it's just like. Yeah. His fucking presence, you know, he shows up on there. He's like, he's jacked as fuck, and he beats the shit out of the drums, and that mm -hmm. matters a little bit more than like, does he do this fill exactly as it is on the album? Yeah. You know? Right, right, right. That's cool. Hitting hard is pretty cool to hear too live, and like Dave Lombardo. Going back to Dave Lombardo, he hits like really hard, you know. Yeah. He's super tight. Like I saw him um, drum for the Misfits with Glenn Danzig singing. Oh, like, sick! Like, in, in Las Vegas yeah. at Caesar's Palace. It was Fuck. great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he was so sick, like right. for the misfits, too. I mean, just everything he does is sick. And he's back in yeah. Testament now, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah he yep. came here with uh, with uh, Phantomas. Oh, uh, hell yeah. And, and did a show with Korn. Uh, that was oh. that was awesome. Although they were booed off the stage. Why? Really? Too weird. Just, just simple-minded Icelandic audience. They were there to see Corn. They were oh, 15 man. years old or something, and yeah. then Phantomas go out on the stage and do some weird stuff. Yeah, and mm -hmm. people were just uh, not for it. And it was also like presented in like a incorrect manner because it should have been like proposed as like the huge deal that it is. But it was more just like it's Corn and they're bringing somebody with him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and no, like I mean, even, even though like cutty, that's a really. There's so many but, there's so many good people in that band, but it's at the same time like you really need to be in the know to know about fans. Yeah, yeah. That, that was just what yeah. I was gonna say. Like you like even though you're like uh like into music and and and, and know your stuff, uh, you're not necessarily gonna recognize Mike Patton on stage, you know. It's yeah, it's just not like that. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was uh, recently the last time I saw Mike Patton was with John Zorn at the chapel in SF. Oh nice and and you know for it was it was hard to find you know somebody who would want to go see that because you have no idea what's going to happen you know if the, i mean it was it was a it was a weekend or four shows and four nights in a row that was all about uh 
John Zorn's 60th birthday and and all the band a lot of bands that he had uh be that put out albums of his music and stuff so like the night that I picked was Secret Chiefs 3 mm. Cleric um Simulacrum and um and just john zorn and mike Patton opening it up so it, it but it was an improv set of mike Patton and john zorn he was improving his sax and mike was improving his vocals and it's like oh dude you remember faith no more okay yeah. Now come see this this improv exactly. yeah. freestyle John Zorn saxophone vocal thing, and yeah. and you realize yeah, that go. like that everybody goes in with like what is this, and then yeah, they realize yeah. that oh that's the same guy yeah he's just making weird screechy loud growly noises over yeah. John Zorn squealing his saxophone and. But <laughs> it, if that was like the first introduction of Mike Patton to somebody, they'd be like, dude, this guy sucks. And then yeah, they, sure. they'd never listen to Bungle or anything like that. You know? Know. Have but you we, ever heard the first Mr. Bungle demo? Oh, like, yeah, dude. Like, uh, the Raging like, Wrath of the Easter Bunny? Yeah. Like, yeah. that was like early, some of the earliest, like, really crazy death metal shit that I've like. Heard. Dude, well, like, if you think about like, it, not the also- new remake version, but the old original recording, like, it was it was crazy it literally was on par yeah yeah they were blasting they were shredding and and it's like um you understand why scott ian joined bungle because he probably got that demo back in the day yeah Yeah. it was like oh dude this shit is actually fucking like hardcore like it's like this crossover feel like really ahead of its time like surprisingly like go back and listen i think forget when it came out but it was like Either beginning or no, 85. What am I talking about, dude? It's 85. That demo is from 85. Was it okay? Yeah, dude. It's I really listened to early. the redone version, and I was kind of like, like it just sounds too polished, and I don't yeah, know. I know, but they want the same feel. I think that that probably is like somewhat of a thing where they're like, This is what we're doing as teenagers in high school. We wanted to you know buff yeah. it out for you guys so you guys can see what we were doing back in the day because that demo is kind of unlistenable at a, at, you know it's like still it. it's good i love <laughs> but i know i love li- lo-fi shit and i love listening yeah. to that i'm saying unlistenable to people who would like get, new get audience sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. so it's like they're they're just trying to like get the new new generation into, into what yeah. what they were doing back in the 80s you know right. Right. Hey, we, I mean, I'd be proud as fuck if that was my demo back in the eighties when things are still like blossoming and yeah. getting more extreme. Like they, they actually did contribute to boosting things up, which we have been in the weeds so much. I'm going to say contribute, contributing to boosting things up that let's take it back to a and I, the, the, I was just going to desolate is a, <laughs> big contribution to pushing things into the next what what is the uga the kali uga <laughs> the the fucking uh what is it hindus that they they have these long 
spans of time. Well, yeah, dude, death metal is being pushed into the next one. I think, dude, I'm feeling like the next, like, or, you know, you're, you're circling back on yourself. We're getting back to the point where it's like, boom, we're pushing through to forward now. And something like Ophidian Eye is a perfect example of what's going on. Dude. Can you guys hear this? Yeah. Yes. When you turn it down, it sounds weird though. Yeah, Keep it like that. that. It's up oh. all the way. Is it? It will be louder. Dude, I can't hear it. You guys can. Yeah. Well, that sounds really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? Yeah. <laughs> I can stop it. I guess what we can do. Yeah, can like I, keep... I, I like for this song because it's 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 the fastest song on the album. Yeah, I'm uh, furling. Yeah, and um, uh, like just what comes to mind about it is that like the solo section on it is uh, like a like a major sounding like chord progression, mm-hmm. and like a lead over it, and the uh, like the uh, like the idea that I had in mind for that one was I was listening to a lot of the Pixies at the time. Nice. Oh, cool. I was to do like a, a progression similar to um, like the baser or like Monkey Gone to Heaven or something like that, and take it to uh, put it in this setting, like a chord progression such as that one, and solo over it. And uh, yeah, it, that, that was essentially what I was thinking when, when I did that section of it. I think what, what I think about with this song is when I first heard the, the first mixes of the album uh, coming from Chris Donaldson and I was listening to all the songs and when we when I got to that song, that's when I first realized like we did really well to get like a native English speaker to do the vocals on this album because John's delivery of every word in that song is fucking... Like no, no, and I spent pretending to be uh, an American <laughs> couldn't have done it like that. And just oh, yeah, yeah when, when the song slows down and it becomes like more chunky and heavy, mm-hmm. I think the vocals are like really on top of everything there. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's when true. I yeah, I was really really happy we got John on board for that. And and that's then I started true. hearing it in much more places on the album. But if it would have just been like Jon Sigurdsson from fucking Breathless, they would. <laughs> fucking good at all <laughs> we actually oh, thanks, were man. when we were listening to it last night at david's he had it on his apple tv on the thing and it was showing like the lyrics lit up going down mm-hmm. the saddle big on his tv and i was like whoa it's cool and i've <laughs> yeah, never like seen that before with it and it was like yeah everything was just super perfect and clear and tight and i was like that's pretty cool yeah Get over yeah like on spotify wasn't there <clears throat> yeah yeah oh you can do yeah. like that yeah nice cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but yeah, dude. Uh, so I, I wanted to ask too. So you know, previously we had you know Daniel and John on, um, and so we kind of talked about their musical history as we do usually on the episodes and stuff. And uh, and I want to ask you, Ragnar, about yours too. And I would like to go into your influences as a drummer and a musician. But real quick, I I wanted to um, also ask John. You you had mentioned that you were into. Um, like growing up like punk and stuff like kind of mm-hmm. styles of music and david and i grew up with that stuff too in san diego and so i kind of wanted to connect real quick about that before we get into his history that's cool yeah, for um, sure so you said that you got into that 
that that was your bridge to getting into metal kind of right yeah like, basically yeah like yeah. it was uh as you guys talk about frequently it's all it you start off with whatever you got into first and then it's a like a never-ending climb to find the more like the heavier more brutal stuff and i got kind of dumped into like street punk and crust punk and and that led into grindcore and and that yep. led into porno grind which led into gore grind which led into death metal which led into deathcore and then and just like you, like the roots are just like finally finally someone who can actually tell me like what is porno grind can you put something <laughs> <laughs> i think we all need to know as far as i know it's a bunch of like one man indonesian bands <laughs> like just like one guy in a guitar in his bedroom with drum like a, a, a drum so machine one and, guy my only porn. my only <laughs> I, I scraped the surface of that with libido airbag that was the only oh, real oh deal <laughs> we used to sell that shit at streetlight and people would come in and buy it and i'd like bring them out and these covers were like so fucking crazy dude. yeah dude i mean the one that i got was somewhat decent <laughs> in the sense that it was just a girl like deep throating a gun or something like that but the rest mm -hmm. of the libido airbag uh discography those covers are crazy oh actually i should say waco jesus that's another one too <laughs> that one was wicked that was the first time i ever opened up a cd and was like this is the grossest thing i've ever fucking looked at right now like, i've seen so many death metal albums up to this point there's so many but no we're just gonna actually take real pictures of like chicks shitting on each other and you're just like dude this is the i'm i'm actually yeah. nauseous opening this album and then i'm like oh dude this song is pretty good yeah that's how that's how it progressed so and, porno uh, grinds how you got into basically yeah. that's <laughs> the main type style if, we, if you want to do like the abridged summary that's going to be a, a bullet point in the wikipedia page like john originally was a that's a super what, what percentage in the in the like overall like you know influence and seriousness of the band like ophidian and i what percentage of that do you think is like influenced by porno grind i'd say like hmm <laughs> for my part if we're just it's i'm gonna say it's what 100 one of five <laughs> like <laughs> i'm nice. i'm just a human and like embodiment of porno grind as as like a, <laughs> as a genre. I'm, a, I'm an avatar of porno grind. <laughs> maybe that's that's the secret dude maybe that's it uh, wow. the first they the, well, start doing nfts of porno grind but john is just in the middle with his so, nice beard so if <laughs> i was if I was Wikipedia a listener, biography is like John was born, and then he got into porn grind, and now I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so if, if if I was a listener of the show and I was like, hmm, I think I'd like to go check out some porno grind after the show. What what band would you recommend would be the one that what's the so the one that I that I liked the most <laughs> was a, a German band called Gut, and I uh and the oh, guy yeah. it was two guys, I think. And one actually went on to go be in porn. That was like his life's goal. And nice. so like he kind of transitioned away from music altogether. And I was Whoa, like, I guess like wild? this is the ultimate, like it's a great uh, story. German porn Dude. after 
it must be he, something like Waco Jesus, you know. He was yeah. living he was living his his band okay. or his lyrics more than anybody else. Yeah, he saw like, it through to the finish, like literally. Right. right. <laughs> it's like it's like Corpse Grinder saying, you know what? I'm actually gonna just become a murderer. Oh, dude. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quitting music, I'm gonna go murder people, dude. Mm -hmm. But I mean actually uh, start grinding corpses, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I'm out of like my finger is no longer on the pulse of the porno grind uh, development. Right. So I would say that's probably, <laughs> for, probably <laughs> for the better. You know, <laughs> I mean, we're all dads now, dude. Come I know, on. and I, I got a daughter, so I'm like now female, uh, like disrespect. <laughs> It hits oh, me yeah. a little bit harder, dude. Yeah, you got to be an ally, man. Misogyny yeah. is not a thing that I actually condone. Mm -hmm. Did you like? Uh, totally, that had nothing to do with misogyny. Did do, do you like <laughs> Amoebics? That band's really cool, right? No gods, yeah, no masters. Yeah. That's a sick. That's like what do you call were, that crust? Would that be called crust, David? I think so. I think they could yeah. be attributed as one of one of the first Rainbow. like D beat. Original. Not really D beat. They're pretty low tempo, but like crust <laughs> bands that kind of merged. Even like, like new wave of British heavy metal influences into their like punk music. So it was like kind of stonery and like mm. doomy, and it was it really those were one of the early bands to kind of bridge the gap. And and then like Napalm Death took it and like mm -hmm. incorporated more up tempo blast beats and stuff like that. And and it really? like yeah, it just all goes back to it being a really natural progression into more extreme music. And then and then at, at a certain point, I started like hearing modern death metal with like high production value and you know where you could hear all the notes and like it sounded super sick and i was like oh this is i didn't know this is what i wanted but it is and it you know the rest is history nice. dude i still That's mad respect for cr like crust punk even though i didn't dive super deep david and josh again the the person the people that we've been talking about mm -hmm. who turned us on to ophidy and i also got me into crust punk and like his heroes gone tragedy um shit there's there's another band that you showed me uh dystopia mm -hmm. yeah, yeah like all that shit's super sick dude and 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 i love that's like that's like my punk because when you guys talk about growing up punk like i never really was introduced to the real punk rock dude it was all bullshit that was I shouldn't say bullshit, but it's just like watered down versions of it that got popular. Yeah. But then David and and the San Diego crew came into my life and showed me what real punk was, and I was like, "Oh, dude, I've missed out." You know, I wish I, I wish I did go through the punk stage when I was younger. You know, it's all about it's rudimentary peni, dude. That yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> just great. Yeah, the like the British anarcho punk uh, wave is it was pretty influential on me and yeah and then that kind of like uh went out into diaspora and then there's like new york had a like a crust scene and you know it just there was everywhere. there was a lot like when we were coming up um john also there was like a lot of bands that like crossed over between like grindcore and like uh crust punk and anarcho mm -hmm. and all that like phobia is one of them for sure yeah yeah they were always super influential, but yeah. That's a good bridge for sure to grindcore. Like you had said, John, earlier, you went from crust punk to grindcore. Like that's a total natural, Not I, I don't want to call it progression, but just like, you know, that's a, yeah. that's a 
natural move, I think. Yeah, and in a lot of in a lot of respects, you just kind of like you don't even know what's happening. Like you you just it, some of these bands fit so perfectly into both genres that you're like, oh, we could go easily either way. And yeah, if you're going down the rabbit hole, you're just as likely to go towards death metal as you are to more like punk rock or whatever. <clears throat> it's more like subject matter may be like the the thing that changes first because mm -hmm. totally. grindcore is definitely not i mean yeah it's still political but i'd say that you get more political and like social in the crust punk realm yeah more yeah i mean and a lot of early grind bands were, were really politically motivated but then you have just as many uh early grind bands that are straight up just gore and yeah you know, this type of stuff so that's where like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and so did you say Carcass. Oh, Carcass House. Thanks yeah. Carcass. They were like political and they started like the gore thing also. Exactly. Yeah. Carcass rules. Pioneers, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, rad, dude. So, uh, so yeah, me being on this, I feel like uh, we haven't still talked enough about this album, dude. <laughs> well, we, we, we want to hear about Ragnar's. Yeah, I was going to ask about yeah. Ragnar's kind of history and then leading into like what influenced him to drum on it. And then we'll talk maybe about the songs in more detail and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, so just to get, get us up to speed, Ragnar, like uh, Anthony, you want to ask him how you usually do it? You know, we kind of. Yeah, I mean, dude, totally. I'm I'm not going to be able to be able to stick around for like the whole thing. I probably got like 20 more, 20 more minutes. Okay. But, dude, we'll Ragnar, dude, this is the question that I, I already, I already say that I can't fucking say this properly, but I always want to like, I want the guests to figure out the time where you're at as early as you possibly can think of when music hit you on a different level it wasn't just in your ears in the background like something grabbed you gave you the goosebumps and you didn't even realize why yeah i think yeah that's easy for me like <clears throat> like i said i don't remember a lot from my life but i remember a lot of these like stepping stones in music and i think the first ever time that i felt this feeling of like overwhelming like power or whatever like these goosebumps that you get from metal is when i was listening to queen in my like living yeah. room, like five years old or something and mm -hmm. like all of us yep i have an older brother and i have an uncle you know who listened to rock and metal so and yeah i just remember i don't remember which song or which album i think we had like some live album from queen and stuff and yeah i really really used to listen to that a lot probably yeah like i said five or six years old and then it used to be pretty common here in iceland that you would be sent to a farm for the summer just like the, the parents would just like let their kids fuck off <laughs> so they can <laughs> you know and you would go help out at a farm or just be there and you know yeah. because each family usually has a yeah some relative somewhere as farmer so I, I used to be sent uh to the north in the summer to this farm I was a guy there like four or five years older than me and i remember just being out in the fields with him doing whatever and he's just like so what do you listen to <laughs> i listen to metal what metal what do you listen to i listen to queen ha that's not metal queen it's for faggots he said <laughs> and i just remember going back home just like oh fuck, i'm not really listening to metal i gotta and i went with my mom to a music store in the mall here kringland uh, I think it was called Ski One or something. The bagel. I, yeah, the bagel. <laughs> well, it's not 
Skivan also means record, like uh, yeah, a vinyl record. But yeah, it can also mean a bagel, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I went in there. I, I remember I said, just, hello, I'm going to have one metal, please. <laughs> and <laughs> the guy... I would just spit my coffee out, dude. <laughs> 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 I, I literally said that. I was just like, yeah, it's a whole Literally, <laughs> extra large. Oh, <laughs> I'll have one medal, please. <laughs> and and he he presented me with like two choices. I don't remember like what the other choice was that I didn't pick, but I'm guessing it must have been like Iron Maiden, because what I did end up picking was Load by Metallica. <laughs> So I started off like in the completely different end of Metallica from what most people would do. So I still oh, this is interesting. I have actually yeah, yeah. We, everybody usually cites Riding the Lightning, Master of Puppets, but starting later. All right, oh, let's yeah. let's I, hear this, dude. I didn't hear that. Lightning. I didn't hear those albums until literally years later, and I don't think I've ever. And if some people get annoyed with me in this because I haven't listened to most of these albums ever, like front to back metallica cannibal corpse or anything like that i think my route was pretty fucking weird what's fucking... your route then yeah yeah, yeah. I... what was the <clears> stuff <throat> that got you excited then well was definitely like the next stepping stone that was definitely more heavy than queen and then as i said like my brother was listening to i think it must have been the next thing was just slipknot which is like for my generation is mm -hmm. it's like our slayer you know it's got totally the... No, I hear you, dude. I, I, yeah. they, these guys have heard me say it multiple times, dude. But Slipknot is a very, very important band for me in my, you know, growing into being a metal guy. You know. Okay, yeah, I totally agree, and I, I never understood why people think they have to like mature out of those bands because I think <laughs> no, there's I so many still love those two first yeah. albums are great, or three, oh, even in Mate Feet yeah. Kill Repeat. I love listening to that one too. Yeah, I like Volume 3 as well, but, you know, Iowa, there's so many of these black metal bands or whatever trying to make an extremely, like, angry and emotional album, and just Iowa, I just skip over that shit and go back to Iowa if I want to hear yeah. some fucking power, man. So, it is yeah, very I mean, aggressive. That's 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 probably the most aggressive Slipknot album recorded, because yeah, so they yeah. kind of, like, like, you know, slowed down and... They slowed down and they got uh you know more melodic and more poppy, but like yeah. Iowa was like their most extreme thing yeah. today. Sorry, it's I'm like, being I'm being uh I'll, I'll be right back. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I agree with him, man. If you put on Iowa, if you're not even in a Slipknot mood, you're gonna be in a Slipknot mood after after the first couple songs. You know, this just fucking catchy. And uh, yeah, my uncle who's the same. It's just my brother, he was a huge metalhead and he was actually a lot into like punk and hardcore. And he knew I was already listening to stuff like, yeah, Slipknot and yeah, similar bands, you know, Korn, all those new metal things. And he mm -hmm. used to bring me to shows because he, he would go to live shows and he's like a huge guy, he's two meters high. I don't know what that is in feet, probably like 350 feet or something. <laughs> <laughs> and he would make me, he would make me, um, hold his wallet and his phone, his Nokia, while he went into the mosh pit. So I would stand, nice. you know, like a really important, like a huge fucking deal for me, like 11 or 12 years old, just watching him go into the pit. And he towered over everybody. So it was really fun to see him going crazy in the pits. So yeah, I got I was exposed to a lot of hardcore bands and punk bands and all these skank beats, you know. So mm -hmm. 
but I guess I always gravitated towards more. Uh, yeah, I like very quickly got into blast beats and, and death metal like that. And I, I think in 2005 or 2006, I just I had been I didn't have any metal friends. It was just my brother and this, and they are like six years older than me, so I was pretty felt pretty alone in my listening to brutal music. So I just put a, I was already playing drums. I th I started playing drums when I was 11. A family friend of ours, he was a drummer and an is a drummer. He had he moved to Denmark to go studying or something like that, and he had to he had to keep his drum kit somewhere while he was away. So he left it in our living room, and you know the rest is history. If you put a a drum kit in front of a young kid, they're gonna fucking try it unless they're strange, you know. Mm -hmm. He also. That guy, that guy was, uh, he used to play actually in a death metal band called Sororicide, which was a, a, yeah, a good old school death metal band here in the 90s. Nice. So that's in 2001, I think. And, and in 2005, I was already super frustrated with my friends at school who only wanted to play pop music with me. So I just put an ad on an online forum here, just looking to join a black metal band or a death metal band. And yeah, that's how it all got started. The guys who answered the ads were, fucking huge a couple of huge dudes uh one of them is literally was a power lifter like training in the same gym as those fucking guys you were mentioning earlier <laughs> 18 year olds and lifting 300 kilo deadlifts and shit and they just showed up to my house i was nervous as shit and they were just like hello we want to play really fast like extremely fast and you gotta learn before next practice you're gonna learn uh Disciple by Slayer and Crystal Mountain by Death. And we we already know those songs, so next week you're just gonna know them. Hmm. <laughs> or, we, or we kick your ass. So that's well, I mean, yeah, being forced to do forced to learn it, you're just like, fuck, this is what I gotta do. I don't want to get my ass kicked, dude. <laughs> they were, yeah, these were fucking golden age for the for this i guess like second or third wave of death metal because um decapitated were blowing up this is just like one year before the, the drummer passed away and they had that huge yeah. accident so uh organic hallucinosis or whatever it called it just came out we were listening to that and we were listening to a lot of these scandinavian metal bands like cyclone and mexico i guess all these fucking really fast bands and i was listening to black metal as well i was listening to american band called cost of Assassin, which the drummer is literally just plays as fast as he can the whole album through fucking amazing say, guy say it again say the name slower what is it Co cost of Assassin, or yeah okay. however that's pronounced and yeah they yeah we from the very beginning we just wanted to play really really fast I told you they were fucking huge guys. I'm not even joking. Like I remember one practice, uh, one rehearsal. I was, we were all really drunk, but and yeah, we went out to have a smoke or something. And I came back in, pretty pissed. Yeah, yeah, pretty drunk, and and I started to take a piss into the garbage bin inside the rehearsal space. <laughs> <laughs> and Ulver, the guitarist, came in and just like lightly tapped me on the head, like, "What are you doing, you idiot?" But I didn't realize that it's five times larger than me so he broke the the wall with my face <laughs> it was, it was a hole in the wall what is it called this fucking material that uh, right. yeah, yeah. 
Like, what are you doing, man? And the, the, the fish always was a hole in the fucking. Like, I won't. Such a big headache. So when I tell you, they told me like you gotta learn to play Slayer and and that. You know, you didn't really. You weren't gonna say like I don't feel like doing it. You're gonna fucking. Yeah. Well, my life depends on this. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna come find me. Yeah. There's gonna be yeah. a lot of holes. <laughs> yeah, totally. but yeah, yeah. it's like wanting yeah, to play yeah, really sure. fast versus writing good songs while playing really fast yeah. is yeah. you guys are able to do that Fiddy and I and a lot of these sick. other bands who just play to be fast yeah I don't know I, I, I think we were just we were trying to just learn how to play these decapitated songs and make something like that but then there's always this next thing I remember because I joined Beneath a few years later and we were writing songs for our first EP, and we—I think we had all the songs at like 230 or 240 BPM. And then Flash got released, um, probably that Mafia EP. And like, we, I came to the rehearsal space, and the guys were like, "Bro, did you hear, man? They have a song in there that's 280 BPM." And then we were just—I was, fuck. So we have to make all the songs 280 BPM. Then I guess you know, because now. <laughs> Our songs are gonna suck if they're like forty BBM slower. Yep. Yes, it's it feel it does sometimes feel like a competition, but at the same time, we weren't listening to you know, we were listening to bands that had groove and originality and you said uh competition, that that is the uh, one of the key components to being in a in a scene and and seeing what everybody else is doing and wanting to stay you know at the helm or not that at the helm but like you know being at the forefront of things you want to keep up with the pace at least that's what everybody's or not even even keep up the pace there's enough people who are attributing to actually exceed everything that's happening you know but it's just like the constant wanting to move forward or at least stay relevant like that is the competition we're talking about this like decrepit birth and odious and severed and all of those guys were had this healthy like happy positive competition going on where everybody had to like keep up with the pace dude or you're gonna get lost in the wake you know mm-hmm. yeah and but you have cool. to do it in your own way too yeah, and I think there's like speed and this human performance of extreme speed is also, it can also be a way to bring you that feeling of like overwhelmed power, you know, because you can look at a drummer who's playing like an extremely well-tuned drum kit and he knows exactly what he's doing and he can play these beautiful polar rhythms, you know, and you can just hear all the intricate small parts and the details in the composition, but then you see a fucking shitty drum cam of Derek Roddy from 2004 and he's just fucking blasting so fast it completely blows the other thing out of the water even if the drums don't sound as good and maybe it's not as like technically written or anything but it, it's just yeah so that's kind of yeah at least for me it's like a moth to a flame Death metal's like the com- it's a combination of the brain and the caveman like the cave we want the caveman shit we want that like dirty caveman shit, but at the same time, like <laughs> you also want the intricate intelligent shit. And that's what death metal is, dude. And, like it hits you in all those different spots. Like a groovy well, breakdown is going to take you back to wanting to hit rocks and throw rocks. And yeah. <laughs> well, we're kind of, the wall. we're kind of the modern <laughs> caveman. If you think about it, like we're like in our, in our, you know, our apartments or houses, like on online, like in our caves, writing yeah. music, podcasting, 
we're like you know in a different way so we're like in our our, like futuristic we're like digital futuristic cave writing songs it's all digital cave paintings and we're all just throwing rocks at each other over over, over the internet but it's uh it's it's pretty interesting to me though uh, i'm not sure if i've asked you about this but like i remember that back then uh like back in those days when you were starting to play with those bands diabolus atrium and stuff even beneath uh there weren't really anybody else focused on the speed like you were and and also another thing about the bands in those days is that they almost almost all of them just focused on the live performances like rarely those bands have any any proper recordings available it was almost always just like a focus on 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 just playing live and being the sickest and and or heaviest but i remember that like raki was was getting sometimes some heat for being like focused on the speed and stuff, which is, it's, of course, was just some like petty envy and stuff like that. But it's, but it's interesting to me, like, like why did you focus on the speed so early on? Well, first of all, you're not completely right because there was this one Icelandic band who did have a really speedy drummer, which is momentum. And yeah, the first, sure. yeah. the yeah. first band for a while. Well, then, yeah, and, yeah. They, and they sort of changed, but yeah. And I, I remember very much the moment when I started to get into blast beats because when Iowa came out, they had this song, the second song on the album or something, had blast beats in it. I think it's, and I remember I didn't like it then, I didn't like those blast beats on that. I just wanted those like slammy, actually, split time blast too. And I was like, oh, dude, that was my first, probably my first introduction to a split time blast. Hell yeah. But then I was listening. I was I used to go to blackmetalradio.com a lot and just listen to a playlist that they put together every day or something like that. And I thought I was listening to black metal, but sometimes it was actually death metal. But however, I was also listening to some Icelandic bands. We had like this streaming site just called like rock.is, and there was this one metal band on there called Mirk. And they had a lot of blast beats. And I just remember like listening to it and thinking, like, this is shit. This is not great. And then the day after, like, uh, I have to check it out. Like, there's something pulling me back. Mm-hmm. I actually have the cassette here of their first. I can't even see the logo. It's so gray. I just remember, like, when it actually clicked. Like, I was just listening to this long blast beat session and just, shit, this is fucking amazing. All of a sudden, just now I get it. Can you see the photo? Like, the super cult black metal guy screaming into his guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and that guy, like that band was no more when I was listening to it, but they had already like um, evolved into a, a death metal band called Momentum. And I've talked about Momentum before, like uh, I did a, a short list of my favorite or more, like most influ- influential drummers. And I, I included Christian there, who is the drummer for Momentum. He was doing single footed blasts at 240 BPM with like the swivel technique and stuff like that. And I used to see them live. But that only lasted for, yeah, like the first year or so of my career, if you can call it that, because yeah. they very soon evolved into like, oh, now we're going to play more like, I don't know in what to call it, like stoner metal or something. It's like progressive. It's like almost like Mastodon or something like that. Intronaut. Yeah. Stuff like that. Talking about going in circles and like uh, the student becomes the master or whatever, because he got, he completely stopped playing blast beats for many, many years. And now, Recently, he's we he got back in touch with me and he's like, "Bro, what trigger module do you use? What's the technique?" And he's 
getting back yeah. into it. Yeah. He joined another band and now he's playing glass beats and he's actually so fucking good that he got right back on track where he left off pretty much. That's nice. sick, dude. Yeah, so there was this one guy and I have to, I fucking recommend all of you guys to go to Bandcamp and, and check out the EP that they did, which is just a yeah, death metal EP. The band is called Momentum. The EP is called The Requiem. And you can hear some fucking sweet drumming in there. And I know for a fact, like, none of it is is edited because there was just there was nobody no they yeah they just recorded that ep with some pop music <laughs> recording engineer who had no yeah. idea how to do the studio magic to make it all tighter breaking out the cassette too just makes me like it makes like i i start to get excited because i'm like man all my first albums that i bought were on cassette you know i didn't have a cd player until a certain point in my life but like hearing and seeing like this resurgence in in cassettes and vinyl and limited releases and i i love that that's still like at least trying to be a thing aside from all the crazy digital you know yeah, shit yeah. that's been yeah, going I mean, on i have to i have to name drop one more band since you asked me about this daniel is withered which is an icelandic black metal band that existed also like from probably 2003 until 2005 or six and they were playing probably like 230 bits per minute or something. And when they recorded their first EP, which I also have on cassette here, uh, the drummer was 14 years old and he was playing these fucking sick ass alternating blast beats at that speed with like Nicholas Barker level drum fills and shit. And nobody True. was able to replicate that until maybe I did it when I was like fucking... 18 or 19 but he did it at fucking 13 and 14 and i know they those guys were listening to like these really old british thrash metal bands or uh -huh. I, I know they listen a lot to Sabbath, which is a really weird band but yeah so i had these yeah, guys it's, it's just interesting to me to like think back because because when i'm thinking back to those to those guys and those bands i don't really remember them being like emphasizing the speed as much as you did just from the first time I even heard of you, you know, it was like it goes yeah, back to that. He's going to be playing fast, like that's that's his thing, you know. So yeah, but back to that mythology <laughs> where you always think the people who influenced you are like they have that like magic touch, like they can't do wrong, and they're always going to be better yeah. than you. In in some like you're always like fighting towards that ideal. So like I I get that. Like Dan coming from an outside perspective, Ragnar was like the new kid on the block who was blasting everyone's fucking brains in, and then. But in his mind, he's just trying to live up to this ideal that he that he saw when he was coming up. So it's fuck yeah. And even if I even if I surpassed Christian in beats per minute years ago, I still think he's way better than me as a drummer. But uh, he's a I don't know, man. He, he was he was he showed me the Derek Roddy forum, and I logged in on there. And I guess from there, I also got infected with the nice. competition. Because nobody on the fucking Derek Roddy forum was like, I, I just want to play mellow and slow. Like everyone was just like, how can I play fucking fast? You know? <laughs> I remember that there. back in the day. Were oh, you yeah. you were right, you were on the Roddy forum too, Casey? Right? Oh, what what was that? Did it have its own website All or was it on? Dude. Was mm -hmm. it uh, DerekRoddy.com, bro? It, that's was, what it was, huh? It was, it was on his there. website. Oh, this forum on his website. Yeah. Man, I missed that. Dude. It's, it was much better than the Facebook groups, man. I, I really miss that forum. Oh, yeah. That forum was cool. That was like the best one. That's where I met Matt. That's where I met, you know, we got connected with 
all those guys. Oh shit! Uh, you probably already that's said that idea. on the show, but I don't. I, it yeah. didn't click with me. That's where you guys met. People huh? would post their demos and stuff like that, but that was like way back. I mean, that was like before. Yeah, it was before YouTube existed. You know. Yeah, and also it helped a lot that you were anonymous on there because I know it, it's not always a positive thing to be anonymous on the internet because it brings out a lot of shitty personalities, but it also mm. it creates like this mythical person because if if someone yeah it's much easier to look up to someone where you don't know more than like maybe 10 percent of their personality and you imagine the rest then if you see mm -hmm. someone doing something cool and you can instantly go on their facebook and see like oh he's actually like that beat father or some shit like that you know it <laughs> takes away the fucking glamour of what you might imagine that kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier about like you know having death metal as like the common ground and being able to knock out a bunch of the social steps to get to being a friend it's like it it's hard for me to like grasp it right now but it it literally is like i'm losing it right now i'm losing it right now i can't i i was in the middle of it and i fucking lost it god damn it just like a vetting process it's, you get to this hasn't over happened it, it hasn't happened in, in many a times on this podcast no i'm not even drunk i'm not even drunk dude that's the thing dude and i'm barely smoking weed so maybe that's it so we got to make a sober anthony alert is that <laughs> i'm literally like i had such a good point god damn it <laughs> Well, well, I think it's actually at least back. that's what right. I brought to in my Australia. mind. I thought I had a good point. Yeah, I think in my previous bands, like Beneath and yeah, the other bands and and Ophiri and I, I think my the 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 main element that I brought was this competition of speed. And I know Ophiri and I, I think at least um, when I came on board, they already knew I had done the, that album with Beneath, which was very fast and. Uh, I definitely think, yeah, because Daniel and Thorder and Simon are all like really great compo composers and they wrote all the riffs, but they maybe didn't write them with extreme speed in mind. When I came on board, they thought like, oh, maybe let's try it at that speed and see what it sounds like. And yeah, they just always sound better, faster. I think <laughs> that was our... <laughs> bottom line like yeah it never sounds worse when it's faster it just always sounds sicker so yeah but where's like the the more technical influence come from because like you're more than just you're more than just fast all right <laughs> you oh, know yeah. like you're writing and your fills and like the variations and the constant changes like and even kicks or like tempo changes and stuff it's just like very intricate and very focused and imaginative so i agree dude we've been speaking uh, on yeah. the speed of it so much when really there's way more than just the speed like, and how the, the guitars go to it too yeah totally yeah i All think like like i said before we were listening to decapitated and you okay. know we take drumming and that we were doing covers of them and stuff and they're both fast but just if you're just looking at the old drum camps of we it's so fucking groovy and he's playing with so much you know flair so uh, I guess it started there, and then, yeah, yeah. Later on, with Necrophagist and all these bands, you you, you get out of that speed, um, yeah, thinking for a while, and you try to incorporate these other styles or, or learn a song like that, and then you go back to the speed. Like, now can I do the same thing but faster? You know? Dude, that's so. It, yeah, you saying that just made me think of exactly. It's like we were let's be as fast as we possibly can. Then it's like, wait, no, 
let's let's scale it back a little bit let's actually write some songs and now i'm seeing this this album when did when did desolate get dropped was it 2020 2021 just last year okay so yeah and that just like brought me back to oh yeah dude no death metal can be played very fast and very meaningful at the same time I think my my fortune is also that I've always played with extremely good guitarists. You know, obviously Daniel and Simon are the best just musicians I've ever had the pleasure of being allowed to play with. But I've also in the past played with really great guitarists. So maybe as I was hyper focused on speed, they were also dragging me mm. in more diverse directions. And Ragnar, you gotta check out this band, or we want you to play like this. You know, that blast beats are cool, but can you also add this whatever accent to it and stuff like that? So that's cool and, and when people have asked me sometimes like how did you get so good at drums or how, how what is the trick to to progress as a player i always say just if you have the chance to play with someone who's much better at the, than you at his instrument definitely do it because they're gonna pull yeah. you along you know it's mm-hmm. if you're the best mm-hmm. guy in your band and you're pulling everyone else you're not gonna progress very fast so here's the thing though it's like yeah. if you're a drummer and you're you see your guitar player and he's you feel you feel in yourself that he's further along than you are what is that guitar player aspiring to be if he doesn't have somebody to look at as better well i think usually you got at least two two guitarists in each band and they bounce off each other as well right so they're like pushing each other and mirroring each other but so maybe it is just like your perception. Like maybe that guitar player looks at the drummer as somebody he's aspiring to get to that level as well. And it becomes this thing that just folds in on each other until it becomes this one thing. Yeah, maybe. Because it's like, like F1 where your teammate is your biggest competitor and you're you're always trying to outrace or, or you know, whatever your uh, yeah. your stable mates and like impress yeah. one another and write sicker shit. For the benefit of the group yeah. and i think it that you after a while you get this sort of ideal where like you all have this common goal and like you're just trying to one-up each other to get into into a position where you can all make something that's and then everybody anyone. at the end of it is like oh dude look what we did and yeah. it, it, it's not about really at that point it's not about one-upping each other it's like hey dude look what happened because we one up each other Right, yeah, it's not competition for the sake of competition. It's competition for the sake of like elevating the product that you're putting out, totally. and it and that way it's like a little bit more wholesome because you you can get like yeah. stoked. Like if if your if your fellow guitar player or your, your colleagues or your counterparts are are elevating their skills, it kind of invigorates you because you have this new benchmark that you you're trying to get up to so you can feel like you're worth your station in the band mm-hmm. uh, and that's yeah. something like i know as vocalists we struggle with and i don't know i struggle with it personally i can't speak to any other vocalist but like again touching on like the just being in awe of your bandmates yeah like, no we get it we get definitely in this genre dude for sure john you and i the in the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. is a a very very big thing because we're like oh dude look at all these geniuses yeah doing their thing and all i'm doing is making weird vocal noises over it <laughs> totally and so what we have to do is get in get really into the writing aspect of it and showing yeah. shining yourself through the words 
Yeah, you know? exactly. And also, you know, as a death metal vocalist, it's hard for people to just hear your words. So you mm -hmm. you want to try and enunciate in a way that people can actually hear you. But even even then, it's all about the words, dude. I got into this because of words. Mm -hmm. I literally was a poet before anything else, mm -hmm. and it's still with me today. And I respect all the poets out there that are expressing it the way that we are mm -hmm. <laughs> a poet that expresses his words in a way that nobody can hear them. <laughs> Isn't it strange fucking conundrum right there? Dude, like it's, it really it's super niche for sure. They're encrypted with growls, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really mysterious in a sense. If you yeah. think about it, it's like, Oh dude, I'm going to put all these, this time and effort into crafting all these lines and words that I I'm happy with them now as a poet now i'm gonna i'm gonna present them and express them in a way that it's nobody can hear them i'd like to ask yeah. a question overall about desolate and just a thought that i think is really important um is about the completeness of an album in terms of all the things we've talked about separately and, and it's really interesting like talking about the solos and the influence of the the melody behind those with the harmonic progression yeah. and major versus minor uh and then the drumming and like the speed and like pushing that and just like that's so cool and then your your vocals and like you know the meaning behind what you're singing and everything like that and i i, I think that like what is such a cool thing about this album it's like a big secret that we feel like we've uncovered like when, when all of our friends have been you know just, you got to listen to it and all this it's just how complete all those things are and like when when you really like absorb it and really rock it and listen to it and get into it you just like realize like it's like shit, dude like everything's like perfect like the way that you guys go into these like super heavy like parts and then even with the guitars, like I never get tired of anything. Like it's like, okay, there's this melodic solo thing. And then it's like, like some heavy riff and then some trippy, like fucking, I don't even know what's going on. Just some sick ass riff, some scale. And then it goes into like more and then another solo, like placed like in some interesting spot that goes into this, some super heavy part perfectly into this. It's just like, so I'm, I'm curious, like, I mean, it just feels to me, it's like, there must have been so much thought behind all of that but maybe it just came out naturally but did you guys like were you guys consciously like all right we want to make this shit like super brutal and also super melodic and kind yeah. of mix it all and i mean because it's I, so I well that, done it's an important call out because a lot of the melodic albums now don't mm -hmm. do it for me they're not heavy they're not brutal enough right they're just very they said they're really technical they sound amazing but they don't really hit me in the stomach so like how did you keep that in check and like keep the big picture in mind uh i think that like for the uh, i think this also uh, relates to the idea of 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 having everybody feeding off of each other uh to like at least in this instance it worked really well for us to like set really specific goals for us mm -hmm. because uh uh, I think Raki may be credited for that uh, largely because he was sort of sort of constantly reminding us that we had to do the absolute best, you know, we had to do the because, you know, we were in a closed circle and everything that we were going to do the best Icelandic album and like, which then evolved to something, something even bigger in our minds. And we wanted to do like something, something meaningful, something that would like stand the test of time, something that would sort of make all this all this uh, just 
roaming around playing music that nobody listens to make it mean something. So uh, mm. I think that helped us a lot and and just in creating like a driving force to be able to work towards that goal. Uh, as for like the intention of it, I, it was like the goal was like broadly speaking like there, you know, we wanted to be like really mel melodic, really heavy, uh, really fast as well, although that emphasis sort of uh, came into play like when I would say that like the band wasn't like properly started in this sort of iteration until Rocky came in. I had been with the band for maybe a year before and like didn't really know what was going on with it or where we were going with it. Started writing a little bit and then Rocky came in and we sort of started talking and, and, and talking about the direction of the band, where we would be taking it. And then sort of everything started to, uh, to roll and make sense. Uh, then like gradually the, uh, like the more minute uh, approaches to things were like coming into play. Like we had those elements, like I said, like the speed, the melodic, uh, like the heaviness as well, like, and coupling all this together. But like uh, the specifics of the sound of the band didn't really come, like come to fruition until we basically started to write and started to like get to it. Because then we of course like figured out that certain sections work well for us or like mm -hmm. uh, basically chords just strummed almost like there are various sections on the album where it's just you could play it on an acoustic guitar and it would just sound like oasis or something you know <laughs> so like like in sequential descent for example like the uh, the chorus is there mm -hmm. it's like the the way they're structured sort of i'd say that that song was somewhat of a turning point as well because that sort of uh made everything sort of make sense that like we could really like utilize all these different tools in order to get to that goal even though like the goal was very like tech death in nature uh we could basically utilize all of these other facets of of music to like yeah. make it into reality and sort of and and i would say that like we emphasized those qualities then like after realizing it because you know that's in my opinion, like what make, makes the album like stand out or like makes the album sound like this album, not somebody else's. I think also like because uh, uh, as a drummer, the guys would go home and write some like incredibly just like magician level technical and intricate and beautiful um, melodies and whatever composition and sometimes uh, it just a minor contribution has to be and you guys were talking about it earlier with the caveman shit it's like it it can be extremely uh technical it can be extremely like just um, musically progressive or whatever but if it doesn't have blast beats and evil riffs it's it's gonna miss the point and then it's you know because right. there are so many like you were talking about david uh, um there are so many bands who can do all the super noodly stuff but it's just yeah. missing funds in the face you know there has to be somewhere a massive riff, you know so yeah i think the same with when we're gonna when we're starting the writing of the next album that's probably gonna continue to be like i have to remind the, myself and the guys sometimes like just remember to put an evil riff in there somewhere to, you know? the <laughs> yeah if you know what i mean that's awesome you guys keep each other in check. I love it. It's, it's yeah. great.
that's so, yeah and i think like and i i can say a bunch of bands like just like the when i write stuff that like you know like when I, when i write a riff i'm not usually like oh that's a deeds riff i don't think like but it's more just like oh that's i'm influenced by like 20 bands on that riff or something you know but like but like there's a and, and there's all the shit that i hear you can say oh this sounds like this but there's something like really sick about your vocals john and when you guys do heavy brutal riffs it sounds like almost like deicide to me like it's like mm -hmm. really evil sounding and you have this like i don't know why or even vital remains or like just glenn benton yeah. on the part for some Dude, reason that's is, what my, yeah. my brain just goes there i, I don't I love it it's cool man he was glenn was probably the first death metal vocalist i tried to emulate i think i mentioned that when i was on last time but yeah uh, just his uh, the way he deploys layered vocals to me like embodied the the evil sounding death metal uh vocal delivery and i know like it's and i kind of like the interplay between that and what ophidian i presents melodically i think that uh, it's a good counterpart and it kind of to ragnar's point brings back the the caveman shit that like we we want to make sure carries through all the beautiful melody and 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 reminds the listener that like yeah we're we're here to party and like it's a death metal band like it, we're we're doing uh we're trying to play at the top of of our caliber of skill and then but also make something that's fun and enjoyable and uh, re-listenable as replay value and to me um that aggression i mean i feel like this is something that most people who love metal can all agree on is that the aggression is one of the things that keeps us coming back. And so, uh, oh, yeah. You do. oh yeah, just real quick, John. Yeah. Oh, John, real quick. So to that point, uh, what do you do on August 17th, man? August 17th. <laughs> Want to go see the DSI Legion show in Santa Ana, dude? Uh, yeah, probably. We should, all, we should all rage to that here down here. It's a few days before my birthday. So yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Fuck yeah, I want to go to that tour. Sorry, I interrupted. I think you, Ragnar, you were starting to talk. I was just saying, I think it was a surprise to all of us when the album came out and people described it as like happy and uplifting. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> when, when I was thinking about the album, I think about the first riff in uh, Enslaved in a Desolate Swarm or maybe the start of Storm of Glow or something. But then when they started to point out like uh, the, what is that? Positive. Chorus? It, it, it's <laughs> there's a very uplifting aspect to the album dude oh, that's, it, it is a very um it well, that's another thing too about the album that that i love so much is that it 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 leans each way you know there's times where things like fear and sadness are happening mm -hmm. but then you lean to the other side and it's uplifting and getting you ready for whatever you're about to conquer you know yeah, it's like you can get whatever you want out of the album and that's what i love about it so much yeah that that's exactly what all it is, these dude. different emotional scenarios where you can depending on how you're feeling in a given day like you get a different experience out of it because you'll glom mm -hmm. onto certain parts more than others and, 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 everybody. and, and another the album that does that for me is under a western sun by son of aurelius it, there's oh, yeah. it, this whole gigantic journey that you go through and you get you go through every emotion too and that 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 album will always be so precious because of that and mm -hmm. desolate is the same way with me you guys take me through the conglomerate you guys take me on the roller coaster of human emotion and human um, experience and i go through it all throughout the whole entire album that is what i think that we're we're, we're uncovering now is that there's albums that need to 
these albums that that come up short for us they're not taking us through the whole spectrum of mm. experience and emotion you know and actually you sit down with Ophidy and I very quickly you're going to realize you're taking th- you're getting you're getting shepherded through so many different things that you want to feel <laughs> you know yeah so, well I even had kind of like an attitude like with doing like the most recent synesthesia album. I recorded the drums actually in 2015 and then it got released kind of later. So it was like this long project, long story. But anyways, like during that time, I was kind of just like, I want to go back and just do something raw, unedited. I don't care how fast it is. I just want to dig in and have fun. And I was like, you know, taking a break from kind of playing metal. I was like teaching for a while and stuff and had quit decrepit in 2010. So I was taking kind of a five year break. And then, uh, yeah, then we put that out, and I love I love how it came out. It was really cool, and it's it's super raw and all this stuff. And then, at the time, I wasn't as like you know like modern stuff. I wasn't as totally like like I, I was like there's a lot of cool bands coming up, but I just wasn't really feeling it. Then starting to do this podcast, and then Joseph kind of is younger, and he would kind of the professor, and he'd be like, "No, man, you got to check out these bands." And so he's, he got us into more of the modern stuff. And before we heard you guys, and of course, Ominous Ruin is another great band that if you guys haven't heard that album, you should really check that out. Ominous Ruin. No, is just um of, of mid voices that echo in stone exactly. yeah dude, yeah so sick. And I, I, alex now plays in odious now and stuff and but the thing is like honestly like you know hearing you guys like was a band that really just changed it for me to go like holy shit dude like i love the like this modern i mean i was already liking it but i was really getting into like just incredible speed and taking it to that next level and seeing it done so tastefully I'm like, oh, these guys just hit it out of the park so perfectly. And you influenced me on this new material to go kind of faster and, and try to just like, or I'm not going to go like crazy, but I was going, you know, I'm getting up there and speed, not like 250, 260. But hey, it's fast though, dude. It's, it's fast. fast. You know, it's fast Sick. and it's fun, but it's fun. It's like, I don't even care what the number is or how, I, I'm not as fast yeah. as Ophidia. I'll never be as fast as Ophidia. I'm not going to even try. But Bro, don't even say that, man. That's not but yeah, but it's, you know, it's, you see that what's the guy from despised icon called the drummer he fucking just put out an album with i don't know like 390 bpm kicks what? I don't Shut know the fuck up, dude. i just made up a number however it sounds like it was, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like what that's like a that's a big jump dude. 390. yeah but he's definitely the an older generation than me and he just he didn't think like oh, i can never do it he just said okay oh there are new yeah. bands doing 280 now i must do it 280 and he fucking yeah, it's insane, I dude. Think yeah, a and it's. Uh, I just think okay. Here's another thing that that you can play that fast, no problem. But if your soul's not in it, I'm gonna I I'm gonna see through it pretty quick. And I'm being a little egotistical when I say that, but it's gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna really see through it. Like, are you doing this just to be that guy, or are you really in this to make the music? And dude we've said it so many fucking times on this podcast because this podcast is about Ophidian and I desolate. If you want to see what happens when there's this inhuman aspect that still has a soul inhuman, but still has a soul raised by wolves. Um, yes. <laughs> inhuman, but still has a soul. That's what it, Ophidian Eye is there the soul, the human soul is still in that album, dude. Yeah. I really believe that, dude. You guys blew us away just like I think the best thing to explain is when Spawn of Possession came out. 
and like we were like what the fuck is this, this or is even necrophages yeah or of course yeah fuck yeah dude when necrophages came out yeah. we were like what the fuck is this like you guys are that band to us right now like and and i think that like just so you know like we're not really doing this i mean there's there's bands that we know that are modern that are insane and we love like ominous ruins another one that we're really super into but like it's like there's not a lot of bands are saying this too. like you guys are just you guys really <laughs> did something man like it's kind of like honestly i feel like the same way as when i was talking to dennis you know about a few weeks back with about incurso and stuff and it's so i don't know what's going on but every time i put ophidian ion anytime like it, on my apple music a song like stops or it shuffles it goes to spawn a possession after yeah. every time <laughs> I, it's so funny i'm like wait a minute oh yeah that's incurso it's super funny but anyways yeah. but like it's just how albums just go right over your head like so amazing and you're like i need to hear that again what the fuck was that and mm -hmm. it's like you guys really achieved something that's like we wouldn't be freaking out if we didn't feel that way and there's other bands that we feel like have, are shredding and do things that we could never play but just don't like do it for like we're left like it was great but like with something with you guys just okay like i so a good example is when i saw judas priest live like a few years back 2017 and i went with yeah. our friend dave and we saw it and I've been a huge fan of them for so many years. I've seen Iron Maiden a few times. But I've never seen Judas Priest. And mm -hmm. and Rob Halford is over 70 now and all this stuff. And and I've never got to fucking see them. And it was the sickest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. That it was, show was uh, amazing. So fucking good, dude. And yeah. like me, me and, and, and Dave just kept looking at each other like like the whole <laughs> show, like Here's the uh, here's my question to you, Casey. Let me finish. Let me finish. That's how <laughs> my friend David and I here, when we listen to your album, even still, like even like yesterday, we're like looking at each other, like. I have a side. Like, I have a side question. I want to know how many times during that set did you almost cry? Well, it's. I mean, it's not like that kind of. Come on, just sell us. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, no, for sure. No, I mean, but I don't like cry. Only once every five minutes. So much, you know. Did you actually have a tear? But it was a happy tear. It's like more like just like no, I know. Did, did you yeah. leak out of your? Yeah, whatever you want to. I mean, I mean that know, that set like, was a tearjerker. I'll say. I, me and Simon, uh, Simon was visiting me. Okay. What during that tour, and that we went and up, saw dude. it, and it was an Sorry, incredible was, show. Oh, oh, you saw the Judas Priest one? Sorry. Yeah, that same you. tour. Uh, Simon oh, you saw it, dude. SF at the Warfield. And I'm really, I'm really not saying that to like, you know, make fun of you because that is the the moment that everybody's looking for when they're in a live concert is to be have a uh, uh, an emotion arise involuntarily. You know, we're all just trying to feel shit out here. Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> and going to a live show to be brought to that moment of I have no control of my emotions right now. They they took it over. They they hijacked my emotions. Mm. That's what I'm looking for for a live performance, mm. dude. And Judas Priest would definitely pull it out of me if I finally got to see him. I I Slayer and Judas Priest are just bands that I always end up missing, dude. And I've never seen Slayer. It's crazy. It sucks. Yeah, I, I did. I missed it. And Every speaking time. of uh, live shows, are we ever going to see? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude when are you guys coming over to us when can i give you a hug <laughs> i want to give you guys hugs dude it's a complete it, we're like st starting to uh like uh try and put something together now because you know it hasn't really been been possible like yeah. up until now it's uh, uh oh, we've had yeah. a number of uh like uh, ideas on how what to do locally here in iceland 
because uh, we wanted to do something here as well. But uh, yeah, we, we've been in touch with some promoters and, and, and had some ideas on what to do. But I like a lot of them are like still working through the backlog of, of tours and events that have been postponed. So uh, like, I think it would be like sensible of me to say that like, maybe like late this year, early next is like maybe possible. Yeah, like it's, all, all the but, festival slots and everything is filled with 2019 lineup. And I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. So, so like we don't have anything set, but we're like, yeah. like so, trying yeah. to get something going. I'm playing my first live show just as a session drummer for a UK band next month. And that's a 2019 slot that was postponed year after year. Wow. Until now, finally playing it at Netherlands Toughest. So it's just everything is booked. And also like, that's I don't crazy. know, 50% of the all the staff and all the promoters and organizers are now car mechanics or something. They had to quit the profession to go do something else. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lack of just yeah in infrastructure to make it happen so mm -hmm. yeah well i mean you got john san diego i got an idea so john's here in san diego <laughs> you guys are in iceland so you guys should just do shows there or in san diego and it'll be like our exclusive like just go to see ophidian island yeah. and be like yeah, the only awesome. place you can come to see or you guys go play la you know keep it like cali thing yeah. is like i remember when we when we released the the beneath ep back in 2009 and it was like way faster than anything we had done before or anyone else had done before and i felt so fucking nervous before the first show because now we had to prove we could do it and i'm starting to feel the same way with ophiria and i because if we would have just released the album in 2019 and immediately started to play live it would have been no problem but now like the hype has been building for so like it's yeah it builds every week every month and you just like fuck man and, and we're not rehearsing every week either we're just like using the void of you know to yeah, focus on other projects. Like I'm literally building a house yeah. for myself and shit. So I'm just thinking like, oh fuck, every week that goes by where we're not rehearsing and for a live show, like it's gonna be so, so much more. But if more you had stuff. something planned, you would be rehearsing and then you just get, yeah. you'd get back to where you needed to be, you know? Totally. We've yeah, been saying this many a times, Casey and I back and forth. Necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. need the show in order to get in there and sit down on the kit and fucking mm -hmm. make sure that you could do the show. I I love this whole thing and I wish I could stay uh -oh. for the whole thing. I gotta I gotta here go comes. out of here though. Here but I wanna I wanna end on on Troy's uh, comment that he left, oh, which is right. From one of the things that lets the next generation push the limits of the previous one is the fact that they don't know they can't do it. And so, in effect, it makes it possible to do it. I so love that. Yeah. Paul, Troy, what up? Boom. Well, we don't have yeah. the professor today, but we have Troy. So yeah, we have, the, we have the philosopher. Uh, we have the philosopher. <laughs> Thank you. No, that was I perfect, that. dude. I, yeah, I love, I, mean, I love, I love that statement. That totally makes sense, dude. And yeah. that's why we get an Ophidian eye. And what is the next Ophidian eye? It's coming soon. It's totally true. And even, even, especially early you know maybe 20 years ago they were still making extremely sick albums and they might have even be like heavily edited in the studio but you wouldn't even know that so you just think oh this is possible so you're gonna try try for it even if it wasn't yep. Yep. i remember like one of the morbid angels albums they totally doctored one of the bass drum tracks to do like 
extremely fast. Opening the gates, that song. Yeah, that one. And but you know, and at that time, it's it, yeah, it's inhuman. But today, like probably a hundred people can do it. Yeah, <laughs> like people. Do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. All right, dudes. Well, you guys carry on as far as you want. I, I love that I was a part of this and uh, oh, yeah, rock yeah. on for the yeah, rest of the Sunday, dude. Isn't it just a, a great time for all of us to call it a show? Because I, I also think we can oversaturate everyone with like just. I think I think it's we we went through it all pretty yeah, and everyone really well, to it now. I mean, we wrap it now. That's fine. That's that's all good. If you guys want to keep going, that's good too. I think it's a good time because it gives us a reason to to come back maybe later. Yeah, dude, I'd oh, love sure. that. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have you guys on. Yeah, we've already been going for two almost three hours. So yeah, if you want to wrap it up, we can do another part. And hell yeah, boom, let's do it. Well, either way, we didn't listen to it like the the spawn episode, and I well, I want to see if we can talk to Joel Guernsey and see if we can get better audio and oh yeah, do we'll, that. Get that. we'll figure all that out. We'll yeah. figure out, dude. This is the thing. It's like we're still. I love that we're still infants in this shit, dude. We're it we're an, a year and a half in, but we're still doing so many things that make us constantly have to improve the show, which is totally why we do this. Like we're we're talking about it in, in music form. This is podcast form. We yeah. constantly want to oh, yeah. be better. So if you're it's not like, growing, you're dying. Exactly, yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. But dudes, this was so fun. I I uh, mean. Oh, yeah. I, I can't. I can't think of a better way to uh, spend my, you know, mid Sunday for a couple hours with you guys. Uh, oh yeah, and, and guys, it's awesome. Super Ragnar, awesome. Daniel, thank you so much for giving us your night. You know, and John, dude, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to hang out with all you guys, but John's much more of a possibility. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna find my way down to SoCal, and I want to give him a hug. I yeah, maybe dude. twiddle his beard a little bit. And then, <laughs> well, yeah, dude. And David, dude, this was so awesome having you on, dude. This is oh, the yeah. third yeah. time you've been on yeah, the show awesome. with us. David's yeah. always you. my mad, mad bro, and I love him to death. And I want, cheers, to do, yeah, cheers yeah. to you too, dude. Yeah. We toured together, man. We toured with David. Yeah, you know, dude. We fucking really, really, we, we, we grinded together dude in the special passenger van dude <laughs> you learn you yeah we grinded yeah for sure you really you really do learn who people are in a van and if you can do it for a month then it's a success dude <laughs> you know and boom here we are yeah. 20 years later well how many years later no it's not been 20 years what the fuck am i talking about dude 2006 so well, it has yeah. almost been 20 Jeez, years we're almost <laughs> your brain just can't believe it is what it is you can't believe her that old your brain just won't like accept yeah it. exactly yeah. dude but it dudes really i wish we were all in person i wish we could turn this thing off and continue the rest of the day with each other but here we go yeah this is yeah. fucking awesome thank you guys so much and yeah like i said it's just surreal it's fucking incredible that we get to hang out with you guys legends in our eyes and i just wonder like maybe oh. somewhere some fucking kid is listening to synesthesia and desolate and can't fucking like i wish we had a time machine to just go and see what comes next man hey we're still we're still kicking we're still making new shit dude i, I yeah. just heard the demo you guys got demos and shit so i'm really excited for that looking one. forward oh man yeah. I think we'll probably have like a listening party, dude. Let's let's try and do like a listening party when Ophidian puts it out, dude. 
like oh, we yeah. all experience yeah. it for the first time on the show together. That'd that would be, be sick. sick. Yeah, that'd be dope. Like yeah. a release show in Cali or something. We'll host it, dude. Yeah. We'll host it for sure. Okay, you should through your you massive. Yeah, if you ever visit Iceland as well, we'll all you know take care yeah, of you. You have a place to stay. It's fucking just sweet. Yeah, don't have to worry yeah. about uh, yeah paying hotel or anything. Just let us know and we'll. Yeah, like oh, yeah. I, like I said, it's it's just like uh, everyone who's into this niche fucking thing is uh, like a brother or sister. So totally, dude. I might and, take you up on that because if you're playing in Iceland ever, I will come <laughs> see you. I know we'll come oh, out there. We'll yeah, do that, dude. Seriously, awesome. John, yeah, David, yeah. and I will come together and we'll just. A trip. Yep, that'd be a sick vacation. Party dude. plane, just make a whole big thing are, are out of it. Straight flights from San Diego to no, I'd have to go San Diego to New York or Atlanta or something. JFK like to yeah, like yeah. Seattle or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, Denver, that's cool. At some point, at somewhere, we'll all meet and fucking hang out and little. Oh, we're, yeah. we're all seeing that it is possible, guys. It's yeah. not impossible oh, yeah, sure. it's gonna get yeah. better the pandemic's coming to an end i think Fuck and, yeah. you know, Fuck yeah. popping off you know it'll be good Hell i think yeah. humanity yeah we, we want it to happen dude so it's gonna happen dude we're gonna make it happen all right yeah. love you guys so much dude hey wrapping okay. this up, i'm sorry that i had to be the one to stop it but <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's a great time. So just thank you guys so much. Yeah, fucking you guys. It's almost ten o'clock for you guys. So yeah, you guys got Monday morning coming very right down the pike. Yeah, this is great, man. Love the podcast and just Ragnar. Let's keep in touch. Thanks, so, buddy. Very nice meeting Later. you, bro. And Thanks Daniel again, and John, love having awesome, you guys, guys back on again, dude. Yep. Absolutely, and, uh, David. Thanks. Love you, Casey. Love you. I love all the subscribers. I love everybody yeah. who's been with us this week. The the chat has been going off a little bit, and thank you for everybody who's been in there. And we'll we'll be here very very soon again. Indeed, next this Thursday. Boom. Awesome. Got some awesome. fun stuff. Yes, yes. Have, gotta... a, have a great rest of your weekend, guys. You right. too. Peace, See you later. 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 Uh, dudes. <laughs> oh, sorry.